0: Welcome to
1: the GNT show. All right, welcome everyone to another exciting week of the GNT show. And as you can tell, as a Parramatta supporter, I am up and about for this one. I am joined once again by a man whose catastrophic technology problems have not been improved by getting double vaxxed, and a man who this week was arrested for the black market trade of a bulldog for a sea eagle, G. I
0: did. You know what? I'd rather have a tame sea eagle that I can train. Um, At least it'll come in handy under lockdown. I'm good. How are you? Obviously, a little bit too too pumped up. Unfortunately, I'm
1: I'm very pumped. I'm very pumped. Um, If this is a massive, massive week, not least because Parramatta ended the Storms' winning streak, but also I can't wait to get to the Bulldogs Sea Eagle game and see which team you actually went for in this one. Well, if you can guess, I might have a speaker for you. (laughs) I don't think you went for Lachlan Lewis. We will get to that story. (laughs) All right, shall we? Shall we kick off the week in rugby league? It was actually a massive week. We should apologise in advance. It's going to take me about forty minutes to go through all the news that happened this week in the world of rugby league. It has just been enormous.
0: Is that because you're going to break down every single eels play by play game play by play?
1: Yeah, we will get into an hour and a half breakdown, which will be longer than the game later. But no, the actual news. Wait till you see the news. What you what you've come to expect from the GNT show is I have done all the preparation. I've actually listened and 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 read the newspapers. Some of these. News stories will come as a shock to G.
0: What you're just saying is actually you love the gossip and you follow the gossip pages, and I don't. No, I read the papers. I mean, I'm I'm capable of reading. I mean, hey man, do you know this random tweet of NRL for lifer from '95 tweeted that he saw someone running around the oval naked. That's like you uncover all this rubbish.
1: None of my sources are as, as disreputable as that. Let's kick off with the expansion teams. Yes. Um, all three expansion teams have said they want to go in a different ger- direction in Brisbane. Um, so, And they're naturally going to do that by getting a young coach. Uh, and they've all identified Wayne Bennett as that young coach <laughs> that they want to build the foundations of the future on.
0: I don't even know what to say. Do you know what? Wayne's amazing, but you know, I bet it's seventy-one years old. Just out of curiosity, how long did they want him to coach for? If
1: they're not coming into the cop till twenty twenty-three, he's going to be seventy-three. It's not a ten-year contract,
0: is it? Half the time for South, he's he's actually sitting there. It says like two words. He's already semi-retired. But Cam Munster did not dismiss the
1: fact that he would he would consider going back. To play for one of the expansion teams, go back and play with his family. And and when you've got the carrot of Wayne Bennett there, someone who can really groove with the younger generation, why wouldn't you go back?
0: Absolutely. I mean, look, he's achieved everything in the game. He's won the comp with Melbourne. He's built helped maintain the stability and the success of the club. So, you know, I guess the next step is going back and playing in front of your family and friends in sunny Queensland.
1: All right, quite a few bulldog stories this week as well. Oh, of but we'll start. There is. We will start with Phil Gould and the yes, Bulldogs, um, yes. he has advised that there is only one roster spot left for 2022 and that most of the salary cap has been... Well, in fact, all of the salary caps are nearly used for 2022 and 2023. There's not much space, but almost no one is signed for 2024. Good roster management, it looks like to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Look, I just, move on. Can we just forget about this? Because if <laughs> I were a player... That is one of their big signings next year, and towards the end of the year, if we're terrible, I'd be jumping ship. They've taken steps from a talent recruitment perspective, with a real danger of that talent work walking out after a year. They better hope next year that they improve significantly.
1: And it looks like the Bulldogs are trying to find a way to offload Adam Elliott after all his off-field indiscretions. He was fined $10K, ten k, ten thousand dollars, for having a sneaky patch in the toilets. With Millie Boyle
0: I mean really uh...
1: But but the good news is If they if they offload him Someone who's rumoured to be on the market Actually every club has basically been rumoured to sign this person yep. It looks like they want to spend the money on Mitchell Pearce Who's also been linked to Canberra And the yep. Super League in England as well So that's a fair swap So you're swapping someone with a history of off-field issues Like Adam Elliott And you're replacing him with someone With a history of no off-field issues Like Mitchell Pearce <laughs>
0: Correct. But one is a halfback and one isn't. So I suppose that's the thinking behind it. But Adam Elliott's indiscret he's had some indiscretions, but realistically, they've been totally blown out of proportion. And you know what, you should, they should stick by him. I don't think it's a good look.
1: Did the police ever? Did the police ever do anything when they caught you in the toilet?
0: No, because lucky he wasn't in the toilet and found somebody bombed the toilet and then had to drive in an F one race straight afterwards, like Lewis Hamilton.
1: Okay, if anyone else knows what G's talking about, there. Didn't you read about that? That might be a story from twenty twelve.
0: No, it's actually um, just before the Belgian Grand Prix, Lewis Hamilton um, got caught on audio complaining about someone taking a dump in his toilet just before, <laughs> um, yeah, going out to race, and he was horrified. Amazing that driving around a corner at 320 k's an hour isn't scary. How do you react to people using your toilet at home? <laughs> With a lot of disinfected.
1: <laughs> okay, excellent. <laughs> All right. Can we also continue on with the Curtis Scott story from last week? It only broke while we were recording the podcast last week. It's been revealed that he did have that fist fight with John Bateman. John Bateman's been very quiet on social media. He's usually, usually very lippy, which seems to confirm the report that he did lose the fight. Curtis Scott also then came out and said the timing around the Raiders leaking this story that they don't really support mental health. George Williams had the same complaint about the Raiders earlier this year. And Josh Hodgson came out and stuck out for both players, both for George Williams and he's come out and stuck up for Curtis Scott as well. What's going on in Canberra?
0: I don't know. The fact that it's the second player that's come out and said that.
1: Well, because, because both stories were leaked by the club.
0: Would you go there? Unless you get a massive amount of money, if you're getting offered equal amounts of money elsewhere, I would think twice about going to Canberra. I mean, Ricky Stewart always been really good at recruiting players but if I were a player off contract listening to all of this I wouldn't I don't think I'd go there because it smacks of when you're of use they're happy but then as soon as that they they have an inkling of they can do better than you they're going to leak stories to the press to try and you know discredit you and then basically put the fans off for pumping dumping you
1: um buzz Rothfield and Andrew Webster haven't picked up the stories I've been leaking about you
0: no well that's okay I don't think anyone's interested thankfully
1: How does your cat feel about your swapping the bulldog out for the sea eagle? Um, This is why it's been scratching you all day.
0: Not too sure yet. I think she was very friendly with the bulldog. I'm not really sure how she's going to go with the sea eagle hanging around. So we'll have to wait and see for that, I think. Just don't cook any fish.
1: No. All right, let's move on to a few more things. Josh Dugan, the the trials and tribulations (laughs) of Josh Dugan. Yes. We, We covered his story last week where he drove out to Lithgow to feed the animals at midnight, got caught by the police. Came back around, drove back towards Sydney, and then said, We'll try to go a different way, and got caught by the same police. So,
0: <laughs> you know what? That story is great. You could say it's just it every a brilliant week. story. It's, it's yeah. fantastic.
1: Now, he's been fined for that breach. He got fined 50K by the NRL for breaching the NRL biosecurity bubble. Can I just say something? The NRL is taking place in Queensland. Why is in Why is he in a biosecurity bubble in Sydney? In case someone gets injured, he has to do 14 days quarantine if he goes to Queensland. It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't make any sense. The NRL is starting to overreact to any media stories again, which I've always hated because I thought Peter Volandis wouldn't do that because... Is so concerned about how the game looks That it's disproportionate fines and, and punishment for the players I think it's way over the top And I honestly think The Rugby League Players Association Should do something about it Should it's, do what?
1: It's... The powerful Rugby League Players Association What should they do?
0: I, do? I think Daily Cherry Evans Is doing a fantastic job by the way As the head I just think I agree. I agree You know farcical I mean to fine him 50 grand I mean Well it's a number of indiscretions right? There are But $50,000 T Is a huge amount of money Like that's That's enormous. Fu- that, you know, Honestly, it's ridiculous. I, I think the players are treated incredibly harshly. I really do. I mean, it's it's a
1: tu- it's just the world of rugby league, right? I mean, you'll be happy to know I've only got another 13 stories to go. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's been a massive week, as I said. I mean, y- y- I know you're still catching up on the 2012 Bulldogs. But, I um, am.
0: Everyone's losing the plot. That's what's happening.
1: It doesn't end well. Let's continue on with player yep. behaviour. George Burgess got arrested for a road rage in- incident.
0: <laughs> yes. Had a quick skim of that.
1: Everyone's in lockdown. There's no traffic on the road. How angry do you have to be to have a road
0: rage incident with no traffic? I think it's because he's used to no traffic now. So as soon as there's another car waiting at the lights, it's- There's another
1: car there. He hasn't gone through the orange quick
0: enough.
1: Yes. How angry do you have to be to do that with no cars on the road? Just brilliant. <laughs> Just Brilliant. George Burgess could get into, Would have gotten into a fight in the old horse-drawn carriage days. I reckon. I
0: think so, right? But if you're kind of like in the other car and you see George Burgess's head sort of popping out, don't you just drive off?
1: Well, and you're the only two cars on the road, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, just be like, drive off straight away. He's a big unit.
1: He's a big unit. He's yes. a big unit. Um, the other, another story that that came out this week. I'm sick of carrying you on this pod. Can you actually read the papers and do some stuff? I
0: can't keep up with these stories. I have read my stories are my stories are not as fun. Jeez,
1: <laughs> I, I do look, I do like the quirky stories. They're brilliant. No other sport does this though. It's just the best. Anyway, Channel Seven and Channel Ten look like they're going to bid for the TV rights. We've been mentioning it for weeks. Channel Seven's bid has been leaked a little bit in so far as it wants one Friday night game and State of Origin. Yes. So, so this could end up. And I actually think this will be accidental on the NRL's behalf.
0: Multiple games on multiple channels?
1: Multiple games on multiple channels.
0: It's looking like that. It's possible.
1: I don't know that they'll get top dollar for the free-to-air rights. And the reason why I say that is actually if you look at the NRL TV ratings, they're actually down quite a bit.
0: It's not a good thing when everyone's in lockdown and people have time to watch the footy with the ratings going down.
1: But the the KO and Fox Sports is is substantially outrating the Channel 9 coverage now even though it's not in every house. The the presentation of the footy on Channel 9's gotten stale.
0: I think so. I agree with that and it, it's funny today I sort of uh, I came across an article or a comment from Channel 9 that said I oh, Hopefully, you know, it's not just about money, it's about, you know, the whole presentation of the game. And I'm thinking, is this guy been watching what? Channel 9 <laughs> for the last 20 years? That's probably what you don't want. For the most part, I think they've treated the game with a little bit of disdain for, to, to some degree. I don't know if it, it's kind of caught up with them, because if you're a little bit of a more serious footy fan, I think you watch watch it on Fox. It's not right, yeah. With the with the presentation, if you know what I mean, they've they've changed commentators. The commentators aren't as good, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I prefer the Fox Sports commentators. We've we've had this conversation. It doesn't help that they not everyone's united in our sport with trying to grow the sport. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll give you an example. It's another story that came out of this week. The NRL website is going to pull back on panel shows that are free on the website. The NRL website, I actually think, has a lot of great content. Um, and the reason they're going to pull back, and so. Not have as many players, not have as many panel shows, is yep. because Channel Nine and Fox Sports um, complained that they were competing with them.
0: That's how honestly. That's outrageous. If you're the, and this is the thing, the NRL. Can you imagine the AFL doing that? The AFL no. would just be like, you know, what? We're growing the game. Too bad. And that's, I think, the difference that rugby league has to get over this whole. We've got a give in to everything that Channel 9 or or Fox says. The game is the product. They want your product, right? Unless they're producing panel TV that is fantastic, which Channel 9 doesn't, I can't believe that that's even a complaint and they've actually given in. That's actually crazy. The NRL website, I just think the way they organise their content doesn't flow on Then There's almost too much happening. But it's got some really good stuff. So if they kind of reorganise that, it it would look, look... and present a lot better.
1: Should we keep going? Because there's lots more news to cover.
0: Keep on going, but that's to me is just wow. The the I can't see the AFL doing something like that. It's just it's actually mind mind boggling that they just give in like that. That's silly. Well, it
1: doesn't doesn't seem like it'll be it'll take too much to boggle the mind of a Seagulls supporter. So <coughs> let's start with the rumor that um Dylan Brown's going to Canberra.
0: I have not heard about that one. No, I've heard about the Mitchell Pearce and Payne Hart. You don't follow rugby others. league, that's why you Dylan haven't Brown heard one. of the rumor.
1: Do you know who Dylan Brown is? I mean, you stopped watching rugby league in twenty fourteen.
0: Uh, apparently, he's I'm about he's he's a gun thirteen year old.
1: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Dylan Brown is rumoured to be going to Canberra, and if they can get the deal over the line, now he doesn't. His contract doesn't end until the end of 2022, but yep. if they can get the contract over the line, there's some talk that the Eels will release him this off season so that they can free up salary cap to sign those other players that we were talking about. Yep, because because the. The long and the short of it is the Eels aren't going to be able to keep everybody.
0: Look, it makes sense. They're just going to have to wait to see what Canberra. Mate, I wouldn't let him this. go after
1: the, the way he played on the weekend. He was fantastic for
0: us. We'll talk about that in the para game, but there's been a significant change in the way they're attacking, um, playing attacking football. I just want you hearts. to
1: be really quiet in the para game because you have laid shit on us for the last few weeks. And, yes. and you're picking basically you're supporting fifteen teams in the comp other than Parramatta. <laughs> and I just think you you you're not you're not in any position to say anything.
0: No, the frustration. But if look, if I were para, that, that that move makes sense. You don't want to let him go, but if Canberra's gonna offer him a huge amount of money, like you say, they've gotta make a choice, right? So I, I suppose they see Brown as somewhat dispensable at a gigantic price.
1: We've got a few more serious stories before we get to the funny ones. I told you it was a big week. Um James McManus is suing the Knights over his head knocks. And now the really? interesting thing is yes, wow. If you remember James McManus, yes, the winner, I do. Yes. About how they they mishandled his head knocks, it is a it is going to go to court. The Knights have subpoenaed some of their old boys to give evidence against James McManus. He
0: had significant head head issues, right? Like concussion, post concussion issues. Yeah, too. he had a
1: lot. This is the beachhead. This is the beginning of it. Given how closely we follow the NRL and how badly run it can be at times. Oh, this could be a disaster for the sport. I feel for the people that are suffering these symptoms, but the NRL needs to get on the front foot and, in my opinion, do what the NFL and some of the other sports have done in the States and create a fund for these ex-players that are having these issues.
0: Agree 100%. I mean, look, they've got the Men of League Foundation there to work with that really reach out. And sort And of they do, they do
1: a great job. The Men of League does a great job, but I, but I can't help but feel there's not enough funding going towards it.
0: I think they should work with the Men of League and provide funding and really um it's also to get on the front foot but to also acknowledge that you know what it was a different time these things weren't handled very well it was kind of seen as part of the game and even like as a fan right you remember some of the games where someone gets totally knocked out and then they come off and in the second half they come back on and you know everyone's kind of clapping their courage no one was quite aware of the long-term ramifications you know the club's probably not as well so i mean you don't know but I think that's a good thing is to actually provide that fund, work with the men of the league, and really sort of help out some of these um, older guys that are struggling with some of the post-concussion sy- symptoms and fallout. So hopefully they it all works itself out and they have the support that they need.
1: Here, here. In non-player news, Hayden Knowles, who's the New South Wales and Penrith strength and conditioning yes, coach, who's done a great job. He's going to the Knights. While yes. we're on the Knights theme, you actually read this story.
0: Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did.
1: Now, is it true that you read this story because you thought Hayden Knowles was a relation to Beyonce Knowles?
0: No. <laughs> he came up as a suggestion from the YouTube algorithm. No. Google, <laughs> Hayden Knowles. Beyonce Knowles, how about Hayden Knowles? No. If
1: you like if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. Were you listening to that and then Hayden Knowles came up?
0: No. Well, it looks like the Knights have put a ring on Hayden Knowles and he's moving up to sort of become their strength and conditioning coach. Well, his family's yeah. from, from up coach. there. Yeah.
1: They're pulling together quite a decent backroom staff, the Knights. Um, They are. And Adam Clune's gone there on a two year contract. Uh, Saints have released him straight away. Saints have five roster spots now for next year available. So I presume they'll try and bring someone back out of retirement in their mid 40s to try and lower the average age.
0: That's the Broncos. For Anthony Griffin, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, the rumour is Anthony Griffin's trying to bring Kevy out of retirement to play as 5'8. He
0: probably would. You Know, I look, I think it's a good signing by the Knights. Like you say, they're starting to build a bit more of a comprehensive backroom staff, and
1: it's been a long, long road back. I'm not sure. On Adam O'Brien, though,
0: this week's kind of was a little bit disappointing from the Knights, too. Well, but we're going to get to it because yeah. I want I, I
1: like to call that game the Jim Dimmick Variety Hour for <laughs> yeah, the variety of okay. the type. We haven't so had one of those for take. a while, have yes. we?
0: Yes, oh, a good signing. I mean, look, if if you are aware that this guy is kind of the best in the business or within the NRL, why not try and take him? It looks
1: like the Warriors will be playing out of Redcliffe next year, third season in a row. Oh,
0: uh, mate. Actually did a bit of a deep dive on this today. And I hope not, T, but that's tough. Well,
1: half their roster's Aussies from Queensland and New South Wales, and that's why they're playing an Aussie brand of football. Nathan Brown has not stepped foot in New Zealand since he's been coach.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, actually, so it's yes. just... yeah, Actually, They've been really clever, and they haven't had enough credit for it. They filled the roster up with Aussies because they know they haven't been going home. They're smarter than we've given them credit for, and that took a lot of foresight to do that.
0: So, do you think that's been so? That's been a deliberate strategy, has it?
1: I, I, I think it would have been, yeah. I think it would have been. I think if you'd said to News They would have known taking Kiwis away from home for two years. You know, so it's a big sacrifice to ask. There are still some, but if you look at... Cody Nicarima was at the Broncos. Yes, Reece right. Walsh is at Brisbane. Matt Lodge.
0: Peter Hickey who played for Manly.
1: Yeah, half the roster is out of the Australian system. So they've got family here.
0: Different angle. Never thought of it that way, but maybe you're right. Maybe they did deliberately do that because it takes away, like you say, some of that homesickness because that's asking an awful lot for someone with family lot. and friends from New Zealand to be away for three years. I mean, wow.
1: Now, the Payne Haas saga.
0: Yes, yep.
1: So the rumour was he was going to get offered a six-year extension, including this year, would have taken him to 10 years. It's not a 10-year extension, a six-year extension. And our mate Peter Bedell broke that news, who is yes. very in with the Broncos. And then yes. Danny Weedler, who actually is mates with Peter Bedell, said no, no, it's not true because um he's actually had a big falling out with his agents, Chris and Gavin Orr.
0: Yes, I read is that. Is
1: the rumour for Payne Haas. And and if you look at how much he's on, he's been getting paid unders for the best prop in the league. And I think that's caused a bit of friction. And I think there's a bit to sort out there for the Broncos.
0: The Broncos better move quick. He's the best prop in the game. Be- he has become the best prop in the game. I think there was a, a period of time over the last couple of years where the potential was there. And you could see he was immense in some games. But, you know, the Broncos were struggling. It's quite clear now that he's pretty much the best prop in the game. And Matt Lodge was getting paid more than him. Even after, in the next two, three years, his contract still won't meet what Matt Lodge was on this year. Correct,
1: correct. If you're reading between the lines, what you're thinking is your, your agent did a sweetheart deal with the Broncos and I'm now getting underpaid. This is what happened to Sonny Bill. This is what happened to Sonny Bill. Remember, they said, take less money because we're going to sign Willie Mason and everyone else. And then he took less money. And those players ended up elsewhere.
0: <laughs> if you're paying Haas, though, you're on a long-term deal and you're kind of like, hang on, I'm getting underpaid, not just by a little bit. We're talking three, 400 grand every year. The Broncos better do something about it. They've got a lot of young guys, right? So surely they've got some spare money, no?
1: I don't think they've got a lot of salary cap space. Interesting. I think they're paying quite a bit for Matt Lodge to play for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Moneyball in Anthony Griffin's language.
0: What do you what do you do if you're paying Haas, OT?
1: I don't think he really wants to leave, but I think I don't he, think either. I think he'll go to a different agent and I think he'll try and squeeze money out of the Broncos, either through third party agreements or under the cap.
0: I think so. And if I were the Broncos, honestly, I would backload some of his future deals.
1: I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was paying Haas. That those deals always end up badly for the club and, and for the players. And for the yeah. players, they usually end up... Quite... Okay. Look at Anthony Wattmout when he had to go to Para. Yes. And then he got medically
0: retired. Yes. And picking up his paycheck from the Cayman Islands, where <laughs> it was coming from. I love it. It's great. All I right. love the way they get caught too. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, someone sent someone an email. Yeah. Look, the news came out during the week, and I'm, and I'm now getting into the ridiculous stories. The NRL wanted to trial a seven-tackle set for every kick into touch. Why? Now, in, in completely unrelated news, the next article was Wayne Pearce's tenure on the ARL Commission is coming to an end in February.
0: Now, can I just make the comment that I didn't know Wayne Pearce was on the ARL Commission, the NRL Commission, and I have not well, heard of Wayne, from Wayne Pearce. Wayne Pearce apparently
1: suggested that rule, so that it keeps the ball in play more. That way, if the ball goes dead it's a consistent rule across the field. I think it's ridiculous.
0: I think the seven tackled set. The next
1: areas. day, the Wayne, Wayne Pierce story came out, which clearly they threw him under the bus. They said, oh, the reaction to the rule was terrible. Wayne Pierce is leaving in February. He's the longest tenured NRL commissioner. He's rumoured, but they're, they're going to bring some fresh blood in, So, which is good, right? So they're rumoured to be have approached David Gingell, Peter Sterling, or Mark Coyne. So it's good they're going outside the rugby league bubble to get
0: these players. It is. It's David Gingell. I mean, he's been fantastic for the Roosters. Look, I think Peter Sterling would be a good He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. Okay, he that's said he a different story. Yeah, he
1: said, he said he, the reason he's retiring is so he can travel and do stuff. Why, he said, why would I take a job that's going to be that
0: intensive? Fair call. I just think with um Sterling, he's got a, a good head for the game. Like, you know, when you hear ridiculous suggestions like this, he, he's... He takes the practical side of things, yeah. But I would hope that they have people on there that don't have a vested interest, like having the coaches run the rules and.
1: Well, the rumor is Mitchell Pierce could go back to the Tigers too. Have a Pierce back at the Tigers.
0: Oh, I think that's great. It's fantastic. They should get. They'll they should lose. get
1: Curtis and Bailey Siren and back there as well.
0: Of course, and then get and um the Steve.
1: Oh, Steve Roach's son's a, a water polo player, isn't he? He represents No, Australia, Liam Roach. Liam
0: Roach used to play footy. Um, and then also got, um, they can bring back Kieran Jack from the Swans.
1: They can bring back Kieran Jack. Yeah, but he's a bit old now, so and his body's a bit broken. All right, let me, let me get to the last two news stories. Yeah. The last two news stories of the... And I'm going to do this in order of my favourite ones, okay? So I'm going to leave my favourite one yes, to last. Go. Yeah. And it is not the Lachlan Lewis one. It's not no, my favourite one not. this week. So Lachlan Lewis is alleged to have stolen speakers given to all the clubs by the NRL... Because they're in the bubble in Queensland to listen to music and other things, and it belongs to the team in the NRL and attempted to sell it on eBay. At first, it wasn't revealed that it was speakers, so I thought um, that he might have been selling Trent Barrett's game plan, which which had a which was being auctioned off for two dollars fifty.
0: He would because there's not much on it. And there was just one the, word on it, completion. <laughs> completion, right? That's it. And the other thing is, he could have created one of those NFTs and made a digital artwork of it.
1: Lachlan Lewis and the speakers. Gee, what yes. is going on at your club?
0: <laughs> obvious.
1: What kind of speakers were they? Do you know? I even found out what kind of speakers they were.
0: I, don't, I was going to ask you that. Were they Yamaha? Sonos. But if they're given to him, like if he wants to get rid of them, who cares?
1: No, they weren't given to him. They, they belong to all 30 players. It belonged to the club and the NRL. And then he said it was a practical joke. What kind of practical joke is it? Who was going to find that funny? The guys go to listen to the music. Where is it? I sold it on eBay.
0: <laughs> they weren't for each player. They were actually for the club itself. Col- so
1: correct. Good. Correct. Why would
0: you even put that on eBay? Like, did he think no one would find out? Especially right, when his
1: he- handle on eBay is Lewis. Lachlan Lewis. L. Lewis reserve grade. <laughs>
0: I don't know what to make of that story. He's a Endless. strange
1: unit. The Cody Walker judo tackle. This uh, this just makes me love him more. This if there's any clubs listening out there, give him a contract, mate. You need this level. You need these stories in the NRL. I
0: probably shouldn't laugh, but it's so such a bizarre story that honestly I would, I'd sign him up as an out-of-the-box thinker. Who gets the speakers in lockdown and thinks... I mean, I wouldn't
1: give him any speakers, right? So I'd, I'd lock everything up, given he's going to steal it.
0: I'm selling them on eBay.
1: Allegedly. Can we do, can we also say allegedly? Sorry, sorry. It's alleged. It's allegedly that he's...
0: Alleged, but it's um, a bizarre story, okay? It's a bizarre story. Absolutely
1: bizarre. Absolutely bizarre.
0: Because you don't think one of the other players is kind of... You know how they have fights about who's controlling the stereo no, speakers? No, no,
1: How long did he think he would get away with it before That's they realized? I
0: mean. Doesn't somebody go click on their blue? Hey, guys,
1: the PlayStation 4, it doesn't sound quite as surround sound.
0: It's great. It's a great story. And he got dropped for it, too. He did, yeah. He did.
1: But my favorite news story of the week... It's been a massive week in the world of rugby league. If you ever needed cheering up, as G did today, this is the week you want to Everyone's be following rugby the league.
0: Go, what happened? Go. All right.
1: So, Mark Nichols, who got a double on the weekend. Yes.
0: Yep. The scoring yes. machine. Yeah. Now, Mark
1: Nichols gets a lot of nervous energy. And when he was down in Melbourne, he didn't get much game time and spent a lot of time on the bench, apparently. Yes. And so he actually got into the habit of when. The game is ten minutes in because he started so much on the bench. Yep. Of having to go to the toilet.
0: No way. So his body's actually used to that.
1: His body has now gotten used to it. At the ten-minute mark, he disappears up the tunnel to go to the toilet. So if he starts a game, he takes a hit up. It's nine minutes fifty-nine. They give him Damian Cook gives him the ball. He tucks it under his arm and he keeps running straight up the tunnel, <laughs> straight to the toilet. Mark Nichols.
0: What kind of a story is this?
1: And then, and then, and then, and then, even if this was true, even if this was true, which I've got no reason to believe it isn't, what
0: part of, I think I'm going to
1: tell a a national newspaper? (laughs) Here's a story I want to share with the national newspaper. The professor, the professor, he's got problems.
0: The toilet, that's a great story. I can't believe it. You know what's going to happen now? We're all going to be watching... What happens after 10 minutes?
1: So, and that brings us to the end of the round 23 news. The other pieces of news we'll cover during the games. Gee, was there anything else that caught your eye after a week like that?
0: The other one was uh, Michael Cheekam will be probably signing for his 14th NRL club. Apparently, South won him. So, there you go.
1: What position is he going to play? <laughs> Who
0: knows? Just everywhere. He's played everywhere.
1: He's someone who's never lived up to his potential. He had that one season, he had that one season at the Tigers that was quite good. But then it was a few seasons ago now, and then it's all gone pear-shaped since then. That was the year I won the the fantasy comp and and I got no prize for it because you and your mates are dodgy.
0: That that was the one where I was at work really late and I couldn't do the draft because I was on a call and I was drafting.
1: Oh, you killed everyone that year. Oh, that was the worst. You weren't at work, you were on a date. You were on a date. And then, and then, because it waits for the two minutes, and yeah. everyone else is tipping until it's your turn. Because yes. we did the snake draft, yeah. and you're waiting two minutes, and then because you're not, you can't change the players live. It just goes down your list. You ended up with the 1984 Penrith Panthers as mind your mind you, mind as you, yes, team. yes,
0: mind you. I spent. Half the night, the night before, getting my list ready because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. And it waited for the whole two minutes to make If the
1: that choice. was your anyway. list, oh my God, you were woeful that year.
0: It wasn't, anyway. Yeah, we should move on to the games. All right,
1: let's move on to the round 23 games. Let's start off with the Knights versus the Titans. The Knights got up 15 14. In my opinion, this was one that got away for the Titans. I thought they dominated this game for 60 minutes. Um, both teams' attack was poor, though. Um, it was a low-scoring game. The Titans opened the scoring after Beau Furmer, Fur, Furmore line break, um, resulted in Sammy scoring, but the Titans weren't able to capitalize on their ascendancy, and the Knights got one back after Kalen Ponga drifted from right to left, took the pass from Braley, and split two defenders to lock the score up 6-0. The Knights then kept giving the ball back to the Titans through mistakes by Josh King and Heimel Hunt, but they again couldn't capitalize By they, I mean the Titans couldn't capitalize until David Fafita came on in the 32nd minute and crashed over to make it 12-6 for the Titans at halftime. In the second half, the Titans continued to dominate until Foto dropped the ball on tackle one after a goal line dropout. He was carrying the ball in one hand, in his non-dominant hand, and... It just came loose. It was just really dumb play.
0: A great idea when you've got 100-kilo guys trying to put oh, it's you it's just not great, right? M- Mitchell out. Pierce
1: then kicked a 40-20, and Caelan Ponga then set up Mitch Pierce to level the scores. And from this moment on, it was about the 60th minute. The momentum swung back to the Knights, and yeah. there was only going to be one winner in the last 20 minutes. North Queensland had his chance to win it, but um, inextricably... You'd think they practice this all year, right? you think this is, and even if you don't quite get it to where you need to on the field, you think you'd have a halfback that's saying, organizing things. So they set up for a field goal attempt and they've got two halves and a hooker on the field and they've got a goal kicker on there and all sorts of other things. And what they decided to do was set it up for their center that's never kicked the ball in NRL football. So they set it up for Patrick Herbert. Patrick Herbert has never kicked a field goal or had an attempted at goal or kicked the field or, or kicked the ball, I think, in NRL. And I'll give you three guesses to what happened. That's right. The ball went dead, missed the goals, and they had a seven tackle sent. They went up the other end. Mitch Pierce kicked the winning field goal and, and, and they ended up winning the game 15-14. Now I've rather than rehash what happened in the game, I've actually got a couple of questions for you. Okay? Of course
0: you do. Yes, you do. I do.
1: So he kept Dave Fafita on the bench till the 32nd minute. Fatty was quite stinging in his commentary about Dave Fafita during this game. Yes, he was. Is it fitness or tactics?
0: Tactics is part of it. But I would say fitness plays a part in some of their tactical decision making. Because if I look, I look at David Fafita, he ran over five blokes, which is unbelievable. But I don't know if it's just me, but he looks a little bit heavier than he did earlier in the year. And by that, I don't mean he's more muscular. He, he looks like he's carrying extra weight. And he runs out of puff very easily.
1: I mean, you're paying him $1.2 million for nine minutes in the first half? I mean, he's incredibly destructive. He, the ball in hand, he's superb. But he just doesn't have an engine and his lateral movement's terrible.
0: Well, that's what we spoke about with the Broncos last year, right? There was He would get the ball and his explosive power is... Almost unparalleled in the league. But I think right? he was
1: I think he was he weighed less. He had more fitness last year at the Broncos. Like he was getting through the games.
0: In general, the Titans are a lot heavy. They're, they're a heavy side. They're a big side. I think they're stuck as to how to use him. They want to get him running at players, but kind of almost fall in love with his destructive power, right? But you can overplay that. And I think that's what's happened with the Titans for a lot of the year. And maybe this is tactical to sort of get the team in a kind of bit of a groove before they bring him on to wreak destruction against Tide. So you think there's a
1: part of it that's tactical. So what does that mean for attack coach Jim Dimmick? Because let me tell you, he has not been on song the last few weeks.
0: Disappointing. I don't know if they've deliberately gotten more conservative as a side because if you remember earlier in the year, or they're trying to conserve energy because we don't, both of us don't think they're very fit as a side. They're playing a far more controlled game. That game, they dominated.
1: Well, so the first 60 minutes they did, as soon as the, the, the Knights got it back to 12-all, I thought the there was only one team were going to win it in the last I was 20. like
0: you. Once the momentum switched, you could see the Knights were going to win the game. The, the Titans couldn't come back. I, I,
1: I was completely blown away by Patrick Herbert getting set up for that. I, I couldn't believe... I, I just... I was blown away.
0: <laughs> that made me laugh actually. They,
1: they can but... radio every other message out there. Here's the message. I thought Justin Holbrook should have considered sending down. Not... Patrick Herbert.
0: Look, I don't know. I'm just surprised. I thought they were disappointing. And earlier in the year with that kind of dominance, they would have scored 30 points.
1: What does that mean for the Titans? Because I think they're going to miss the eight now. So what is that? I think they've gone backwards. Or at the very best, it's a holding pattern. We both had them in our eight this year. I mean, you only had 15 teams, but other than that.
0: So I had them in my top seven. Um, (laughs) um, Honestly, I did have them seventh. but I've just been disappointed. I think they've come out they haven't been fit they're playing a, they're carrying a lot of bulk and for a game for the game that's quickened up they couldn't play with the tempo they did last year and i think they've fallen away i think they've really struggled at times and honestly earlier in the year they they scored 30 points against that newcastle side not a problem
1: well the knights are very gritty at the moment um, but but it's it's so highly structured it is so highly structured
0: i found the t- i thought the titans were very structured as well and their ball movement was very slow even like someone like Jared Wallace early in the year, he was running at the line and putting players through gaps and stuff. He just, it just seems like a very um, mechanical game plan. And I'm surprised because that's not Jimmy's style. But maybe they feel like that they've got to grind out some wins. So I thought the game was there for them to win it. And they, they weren't their normal aggressive self. And they struggled. And the Knights, the Knights were terrible.
1: Yeah, they weren't great. They hung in there. I mean, I changed my tip from the Knights to the Titans and it ended up costing me in our know, tipping comp. Because what well, I thought... I didn't think the Knights had 20 points in them, and I thought only the Titans could get to 20 points.
0: I, I agree with you. And looking at that game...
1: And they were a try short. They were a try short.
0: They didn't get and, there. And they didn't and the look
1: points. like scoring, though. No. They didn't look like scoring. And I think that's the problem. And I actually think... I think the gloss is coming off Jim Dimmick a little bit
0: they've been disappointing I think they're you know in that game they're relying on their fringe back rowers to just sort of trample over people
1: well the reason why I say Jim Dimmick Jim Dimmick's the attack coach for the first time listeners he's the attack coach at the Titans and they, they played a lot more ad-lib football last year
0: oh it was phenomenal to watch the football they played at the back end of last towards year.
1: the back end of last year right the last eight or nine games but this year it's a lot more strong, and it's a lot more give the ball to Dave Fafida, let him go over 15 players yes. to score.
0: Yep, and Jamal Fogarty not really running the football. Um, it's just been a very...
1: Hey, Jamal Fogarty, you're an organising half. Do you think you might set up the field goal for someone other than Patrick <laughs> Herbert?
0: <laughs> he loved that stuff. To be honest, I should never have been in that position. Earlier in the year, they towered the Knights up with their attack and the way they were playing. They've, they've really come back to the pack with their... Because what, what made the Titans different was the way they attacked with the football. That's gone. And now what are they doing? They're trying to hang on and sneak games out. It was one of those desperate, we need really need to win this game. And no team was really trying to take chances.
1: I mean, it was a close game, but I wouldn't say it was a great game, right? Not a
0: great game. Boring, very methodical, tight, because they both needed that win. It was, so. it was
1: almost like both teams were afraid to win it.
0: Yeah, for sure, because they both didn't want to make that mistake to cost them a, a semi-final spot. And at the end of the day, really, two bits of class that were not part of the game plan by Kalen Ponga won the gave the Knights two tries and they kicked the field goal at the end. And
1: I wonder if Kalen Ponga will resign. Connor Watson's his best mate and he's leaving. And there's all sorts of rumours about Caelan Ponga going back to Queensland. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there.
0: If I was Caelan Ponga playing that style of football with that kind of talent that he has...
1: If you were Caelan Ponga, he'd have bigger issues.
0: That is very true. But um, I I, will, I wouldn't stay because it's not a fun style of football to play. You know, I'd leave. So, But look, they won. They're in the eight now, the Knights, and they'll be playing semi-final Well, Well,
1: they're seventh. They're likely to play the Eels. Eels are the Roosters. Next up, on the Friday night, we had the Warriors versus the Raiders. The Raiders got up 28-16, but it's another game where I thought the Warriors were a better team for a long, long parts of this game. The Raiders only led the game for two minutes.
0: <laughs> the most important two minutes. Yeah, the, the
1: most important two minutes. That's the only time they led. The Warriors did open the scoring through an, O'Sull- through, um, an O'Sullivan break through the middle of the field yep. on the fourth tackle of the game straight away zero minute mm. um, they then scored two more tries to lead 16-0 before Nicol Klockstad scored just before halftime he came on for an injured Bailey Simonson and he was superb great he's back um six and it was 16-6 at halftime the game changed in the 48th minute when Chad I oh, know I give Chad Townsend a lot of shit on this pod right because I don't you think do. his defensively has been great but the, the, the momentum of this game really swung. His kicking game was really important. He was keeping them in the game. He was doing a lot of things for them. And when he went down with the season-ending shoulder injury in the 48th minute, I thought the game swung on that. And in the 65th minute, actually, after he went off, Seb Chris got his second to lock the game up at 16-all. So basically, in the 15 minutes, he... he 15 minutes after he went down, the whole game changed. At the death, Reese Walsh missed the field goal. Um, it's a lot of pressure on the kid. He, he's being asked to ice these games and it's happened a few weeks in a row and he's falling just short. I just hope it doesn't dent his confidence. And the Raiders scored through a, through Jordan Rapana on the on the ensuing seven tackle set. Um, Hudson Young then got one on the last play of the game. Jordan Rapana continued his fantastic form at fullback running for 286 meters 12 tackle busts four goal kick goals he kicked he was the goal kicker on the night and and he scored the game-winning try I just thought he was superb along with chance Nickel Klockstadt it's good to see him back too so what did you think on this one
0: the Warriors kind of dominated the game I didn't really think the Raiders were in it kind of you know struggling to sort of find their way back it was good to see Nickel Klockstadt back again the second game back um, but once Egan sort of made that break at the start. Oh, I thought, this isn't looking good for the Raiders. Yeah, it was Wade so Egan, actually, with, yeah, made the break, that's right. It was right. so easy. But it was through the middle.
1: They were attacking them through the it middle. It was
0: just, yeah, straight through the middle. And um, But having said that, I, I felt the Warriors did sh- struggle to score. You know, two of their tries were from bombs that were totally messed kick, up by yeah. Simonson and, and the, the Raiders. And what about Chris. Cooper
1: Croncon commentary saying he got hooked? Oh. <laughs> And he was injured.
0: The, the score being sixteen nil gave the the game, sorry, a false sense of how dominant they were. It wasn't really that they were struggling to score points, but they had a bit of luck getting running that leader. But but, but so, they did
1: dominate field position,
0: dominating the game. But they didn't really trouble the Raiders all that much. I didn't feel like right so. And that came back to bite them, to be honest. I thought that once Klokstadt sort of forced himself into the game and and scored just before halftime tee, I thought that really changed the momentum. The Warriors should have been up 20 plus, 20 to nil. And instead of that, their lead's only 10 at halftime. It felt like the Raiders, it was just a matter of time where the Raiders were sort of inching up to them and just catching them bit by bit. And the Warriors just couldn't score again. And they really struggled with that. And I thought it was a, a matter of time. And I thought, Sebastian, Chris... Showed flashes, you know, hasn't played that much first grade. So I think they've got something to work with there, the Raiders, and I think you'll get better. The Warriors played pretty well, but again, very conservative and didn't take advantage of their field position. Like, I thought that was Chad Townsend's best game for the Warriors. That was kind of the Chad Townsend of old. Once he went off, their field position dominance sort of stopped a little bit and then they struggled to kind of reassert themselves. But realistically mate they've, they've struggled to score points in quite a number of games i think there's too much onus on reese walsh She's 18 but it's almost like he's their gun attacking spark i mean that's way too much pressure to have on an 18 year old kid right he, he should be the little bit of sizzle on top of what you've already got not everyone's turning around looking for him to do something which seems to be the case so
1: this is where chad townsend would have been important like he wouldn't have yeah. It wouldn't have gone. It wouldn't have gone to Reece Walsh at the end of the game.
0: Oh, absolutely! It Would have gone to yes, yeah.
1: So it's it's, it's things like that. I mean, I think I think Ch- Reece Walsh has been superb, but I think he's an eighteen-year-old kid. He can't he can't be your go-to player at the end of the game to ice it. Yeah,
0: not every week, no. And um, it was good to see Horsburgh back again for the Raiders. <laughs> we lost our best forward, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. But and Rapana, I wonder if. Playing at fullback, he's always capable of the crazy... Mate, jouers, he's but, playing
1: so well, they're playing Nicol Klockstadt on the wing.
0: It makes him be involved. And he's better... I think Rapana is a better player when he's constantly involved in the game. I think he loses the plot sometimes to... Uh, outside of his niggly shots every now and again, but... He loses on the, the w-
1: plot f- from kickoff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But you know when he's on the wing, I think it's almost like he feels like he has to try and involve himself and he probably tries too hard.
1: Maybe, maybe, but although I think I do think Nickel Klockstad's the better fullback, though
0: he is. But the role of fullback I think suits Jordan because he has to be involved constantly. And it's so. What do you do with Jordan engaged. then? Well, for now you keep him at fullback. He's playing too well, but you know next year they'll probably switch it back over again. But Klockstad did get involved and sort of roamed around the field a little bit. So they they had a little bit of both the Raiders, but a good win to keep them in with a shot with the eight. But we'll see how they go. Okay.
1: Let's move on to the Friday night channel nine game, the match of the the so-called match of the round. This was a controversial this was the talking point for days afterwards.
0: It was because the, it was eventful.
1: It was very eventful. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: The Roosters versus Souths, the Foundation Club's Derby, where we grew up. Yes. In the end Souths ran away with it 54 to 12. Um and Souths, in the end, pummeled the Roosters in the same way Latrell Mitchell pummeled Joey Manu during this game.
0: <laughs> yes, they did. Should've. And
1: Latrell has been rubbed out for six weeks. Yep, that's a massive um, and suspension. It, massive suspension. deserved.
0: I think so, yes. Against his mate? Yep.
1: Trent Robinson came out after the game and had a real go at the referees. Now, Trent Robinson said what I've been saying all year. <laughs> the bunker sucks. Not only does the bunker suck, the, the refs have been... The six again's been hiding how bad the refs have been.
0: I agree with you, yes.
1: And and the bunker and Trent I I agree with Trent Robinson. I mean he he's not someone to always go after the refs. He was really cranky. But and the doesn't. fact that Latrell did this to his mate, like you and I joke around, but I wouldn't hit you in the head if you were in a vulnerable position. Not with my shoulder, I'd find something harder. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. You're lucky this is virtual.
1: So I I had a bit of sympathy. He got fined 40 grand, 20 grand of it suspended. I had a bit of sympathy for Trent Robertson. He had to come out and defend his player. The fact that Henry Perinara, who's been no friend of Parramatta over the years, even though he played <laughs> for them. I knew you were
0: going to say that. I knew it. No, you know what? Mind you, why is it that he's been no friend of Parramatta, for example? They can complain every week and nothing happens. As soon as Trent Robinson makes a complaint, the guy gets stood down oh, immediately. Oh, mate, that was
1: a bad one to get wrong, though.
0: I agree with that. I'm not complaining about the actual action. But it's as soon as something happens to the Roosters, they get stood down immediately. This happened with Drew Hutchison. As soon as he complained, whoever it was got sacked as well. It's like, come on, man.
1: Well, both were bad incidents, though. But Trent Robinson came out and said, look, we've been. they have had a lot of concussions. They have had a lot of hard shots. You know, the stories came out how he we went to check on him at the end of the game and Jared Warrior Hargraves Victor Radley and Angus Crichton absolutely gave it to him. Um, the fact that Victor Radley and Jared Warrior Hargraves are on the side of good... <laughs> Just, just, it's just we're in bizarro world, Jerry.
0: I know. I just mentioned um, Trent Robinson. He's been right on both occasions. It's just, but yeah, that's kind of like the Darth Vader, like switching sides, isn't it? With Jared, where Hargraves. great Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he, the redemption story at the end.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Just throws the emperor over. But Latrell, Latrell does get white line fever. He, he's, he's a law unto and, and you know what? This is gonna stay with Latrell for a little while because I don't think Souths can win without, without him.
0: They can't because he adds. He adds weight. He adds weight. He's got power and he's aggressive. This is the thing. Part of his impact. And I read an article that where Jimmy Tedesco was talking about him is that he plays very aggressive. I saw that.
1: I saw that interview.
0: And he does right. Like if you look back early in the year, when the only hope I had all season was Nick Meaney, and he smashed Nick Meany coming through a gap. Like it was a similar style of tackle. Where he went high and hit him so hard, but he got Nick Meaney lower. And he cracked, I think, Nick Meany's rib, right? If you remember. Yeah. And this was a similar tackle, except he went... Joey Manu kind of dipped a little bit. He goes in, and he's so big and so strong that if he hits you, you know, there's going to be damage. Unfortunately, he got Joey Manu quite high. But in this instance, I think Luttrell was a bit over the top. Like, I know he plays with an aggression, but if I look at that tackle, I don't think... Joey Manu dipped at the last second, if that makes sense. He was kind of already falling, and I think...
1: But he was in a vulnerable position, G. I get it. I get it. The injury made it worse. The injury made it worse. I get that. I agree with that. And I think that's the point that Freddie was trying to make on Sunday, although he didn't do it very eloquently. Yes. So the the impact and the injury made it seem worse than what it was. But it was 100% a send-off. Direct contact, no arms, straight to the head, send-off.
0: I agree. I agree with that. Yes,
1: and I think six weeks is about right. He shouldn't come back this year.
0: No, that was a send off. If that's not a send off,
1: what what have you got to do to send someone else, someone off? Pull pull a gun? Unless it's magic round, in which case, if you sneeze, you get sent off.
0: I agree with Freddie in that the injuries always do make it worse, and I'm. You've heard me complain about this before. The injury shouldn't come into it, but he smacked him as hard as he possibly could in the head, regardless of whether he got injured or not. That do they stay mates after this? I would hope so, but you never know with these type of things. Like I mean, he had to get facial reconstruction surgery.
1: I wouldn't, I'd be I'd I'd be looking for revenge. But that's the type of person I am. But I'd be looking
0: <laughs> I'd be looking What for a perhaps. top load. Can I just <laughs> can, can, Lucky we're locked down. Can I log off this? Have you have you <laughs> been tracking me my movements?
1: No, 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 no. I no. No, not not not. I mean, if if I didn't have you, I mean we'd have to replace you with a dipping bird with a deeper insight I believe Oh, that's league. right.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, a seagull, a dipping seagull. Look, it's 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 bad. It was a bad hit, a bad injury.
1: Well, the game changed on it as well because they were coming back. It was 24-6 at halftime. Souths were killing them. Mark Nichols, yes. the professor, yes. um, he j- just... In know, between toilet a-
0: breaks, scored a couple of tries, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: he was on the Matty Johns show before. He ran straight from the toilet. No one wanted to get near him. He crashed over for two tries. Um, 24-6 at halftime. Um, it, it was his first career double, so congratulations to him. And verrell has got the first try for East in the second half to reduce it to 24-12. And for 10 minutes, the Roosters looked like they may mount a comeback at that point, right? But that's when Latrell hit Manu.
0: Yeah, it and, and the, and the
1: comeback, and, um, and that's when the game changed. Despite Luttrell getting binned, the loss of Manu was too much for the depleted East team. And even though Souths were down to 12 Men, they ended up running five tries in at the end in the last 20 minutes. The South's left edge was back to its best, and Alex Johnson got another hat trick. Uh, but but, the, but the tackle actually wiped out both teams, because I don't think the Roosters are any show in the finals without Joey Manu. Tedesco's been their best player, then Joey Manu is not far behind. And in my opinion, I think I actually think Joey Manu's been their best player this year. So that tackle effectively wiped out both teams. These, these guys played junior footy together. They, they've been made since they were kids.
0: I don't think it's going to affect their friendship. I think Souths blew them off the park, right? The Roosters have just got too many injuries, right? You've got Lamb playing in the centres. Brad Abbey, who is a fullback, playing on the wing, trying to fill in um, outside Joey Manu. And I think it was too much to overcome at the beginning. So Souths just came at them. And having said that, Souths still had to execute quite well to get around them and score, right? But they kind of picked them apart at 24-6. And I thought... Although they had to work for some of their tries until the Roosters just couldn't sort of dig in anymore. And then Nichols went over for a couple of clever tries, but somewhat soft. But the Roosters' defense, I thought, was pretty good. But they really struggled to have any fluidity. And then in the second half, like you said, I think once Sam Verrill scored, it's almost like they started to settle as a side with the new combos. Mm. And they they did. They came back into the game. And Manu's try, by the way, in the first half with a one-handed take was brilliant. Unbelievable try. But he's
1: been playing out of his skin all year. And and now with Luttrell out, Blake Taffey will probably play fullback, one of the bright yep. lights, because I don't think moving Cody Walker is the answer. They tried that earlier this year. It no, didn't work. and
0: I don't think moving AJ from the wing, that's what gives them their attacking dynamite on that side. Like I, You leave love the
1: wingers. You think the whole attack revolves around the wingers. I
0: think having that fast winger on that side, because... It you helped to the Storm. Create... Oh, could you stop it? I have I have comments about para. but...
1: You're and not you're not allowed to talk when we do the para game. You have expressed your opinions about para enough. And I was right. Over the last Thank few you. weeks,
0: I was right. Really? Which yes. part of
1: which part were you right on? On that the weekend, the
0: fact is they've been told, most of the year. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. Most of the year they haven't been direct in attack, and now they've yes they their have attack. yes they
1: have. It's just the last five weeks they haven't. It's just the last five weeks they haven't. Well, that's a, that's not that's not most that's not the whole year.
0: This is irrational tea coming out now.
1: I mean, I know how you analyse the para game. You're next during the para game, you're going to say, "Gee, that Lee Oden Ryan looks good."
0: <laughs> no shame wear it. Shane, wear it. And, Shane wear it. Um, and you know what, mate? I think um once yeah that hit, it sort of changed the dynamics of the game. And honestly, I think emotionally, he threw out the roosters, and it took one of their. It just took their best player out, basically, and they just they just don't have enough people left over. And after yeah, that's that, right. Towards the end, I thought the Roosters were literally just trying to smash, legally smash any South player that ran the ball. Oh, it was great. <laughs> like, it was one of those just yeah, going yeah. in it and It was hurt like, them you, know, legally. you know when
1: Origin got that way? Remember when they yeah, bombed on it, the last yeah, tackle that to smash was the best yet. Origin ever. When, um, and then they gave it to Kurt Gidley so that because he was a nice guy, they didn't think he'd smash. That was such cowardice from New South Wales.
0: But, you know, Lachlan Am in the centres, Abbey and Tupanua trying to play on the wing. I mean. The Roosters yeah. just ran out of troops eventually and AJ scored a hat trick. Makes you wonder he would have been thirty plus tries if he was healthy.
1: Yeah, he could have he could have nailed the record. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, you could almost add Josh Mansour's tries to his, right?
0: Pretty much. But yeah. Souths, no Latrell. You're gonna need something special to beat some of the better teams. And the Roosters, mate, no Manu, they're just too too many injuries. They just can't compete anymore. they they're, they're yeah. I think they'll go out in the first week if they play a team like Para or someone like that, or even the no, Sharks. no, they won't play Para. The Sharks oh no, can beat I, them too.
1: Well, I think the Sharks will beat them.
0: Yeah, they got no one left. That's the thing.
1: Well, I think the Sharks will beat the Storm. I think we're going to talk about that because I think the Storm's yep. going to rest everybody. Yep. But let's 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 yeah. let's move on to yep. the, a game of the year contender um, on Shitty Saturday. Yeah, it was the Dragons versus the Cowboys. The, both these teams' record coming into this game was a combined zero wins. 16 losses. So, the good thing about this game was one team was going to get a win, and it was the Cowboys. They broke their drought, bringing an end to their 10 game losing streak and extending the Dragons' losing run to seven. Can I ask a question before I do um, too much analysis on this game? Yep. Why isn't there more scrutiny on Anthony Griffin? Seven in a row, the roster management's woeful.
0: I think he's got mates in the media, and I think with what happened with the Dragons, with the barbecue and all that kind of stuff, I think. He's kind of been given a pass to some degree, I think. After that,
1: well, if they're like um, this next year, does he does he get given another pass?
0: I don't know because the dragons do have a lot of fans, and if you notice,
1: mate, is he any better than Mary? At least like at least with Mary, I thought, oh well, at least I know what he's trying to do.
0: I don't know, and I think that remains to be seen. His record is a lot better, so honestly, T, I don't know. I, and you can Mary tell- was
1: rebuilding. Mary was rebuilding. If if Mary wanted to finish seventh with this roster or eighth. He he would have, I mean it's it's just it's just not where they were as a
0: club. The way I look at Mary McGregor's tenure is I thought he was one of you know one of these plug and play coaches. They all sort of coach the same somewhat. I thought he was just kind of a conservative coach to some degree, but he just didn't have any friends in the media. The pressure was on him constantly, like all the time. People would say, "Oh, his roster's way better than it is." Well, was it really? Not really. But with Griffin,
1: I mean, why is Corey Norman still playing?
0: Well, I anyway wait, I don't know they're paying him I suppose
1: he's not going to be there next year you've got all these kids the, the the young kids were superb during the spine neither team wanted to defend in this game no, Saints rookie didn't. spine of Jaden Sullivan Talto and Tyrell Sloan were superb in the first half firing the dragons in front 20 to 10 at half time the game changed in the second half with the Cowboys scoring four tries in eight minutes to give the give them a 32-20 lead um, 15 minutes into the second half, they lost the game like that, just in the in the in the blink of an eye. It mirrors um,
0: kind of like a flag team, right? I mean, these kids are 18 yeah. 19, where they. The scores are fifty to thirty or whatever it is, and, that's right. You know, um, that's what I felt like felt like it played out like it played out. But like that's that
1: not man. the roster that he's building. He's not. You'd, you'd excuse that if there was thirteen rookies or ten rookies and three experienced heads, but there was experienced heads out there, and and Saints Great. did get one back through Ravalawa, and, and the last ten minutes was willing with the Cowboys only ahead by a converted try, but in the end the Cowboys held on with a hammer, putting icing on the cake with a try at the death. I thought Tom Dearden was great. I think he's been... It's
0: confidence, T. He's got confidence.
1: Your doppelganger said before the game that he's won... or after the game that he won three out of the four players player of the last four weeks. So he got one try, two line breaks, one try assist, two line breaks assists, 162 metres, plus he made 17 tackles, which is great for a small half. Yep. Um, and Tor Malolo was great too with, with, with the 8 on his back instead of the 13. Now, yep. I could have had this at the beginning. Do you know why he wore the 18? The 8. The 8, sorry, instead of the 13?
0: No, I don't. He's moved to a tighter position in the middle of the field and they're actually getting more, more mobility in the back row.
1: Okay, so neither are true. So, And I'll tell you why, you couldn't be any wronger. You couldn't be any more incorrect <laughs> Yes, or okay. even wronger.
0: Okay. And,
1: and, and I'll tell you why Todd Payton revealed after the game the only reason he wore the number eight was because that was the only jersey number that fit him.
0: Great fitness regime happening up there at <laughs> Queensland.
1: So, but he did say something interesting as part of that because they asked him about they grilled him about it after the game, the journos. And yep. this is what I've been saying. It depends on your system. But he said in his system, hmm. the role of an eight and 13 is almost identical. Okay. He Fair said enough. the yep. only difference between the eight and the 13 in his system is where they stand at kickoff and where they pack into the scrum. Interesting. Which is why he's only playing 59 minutes, right? He's playing yes. through the middle of the field. He's he's effectively playing as a third prop, prop. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. correct. So. And he also came out after the game and said that Val Holmes is his long-term centre. So that suggests to me that the half pairing is going to be Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend next year with Scotty Drinkwater back at fullback. Or the hammer. No, the hammers, oh,
0: No, fullback. I wouldn't play the hammer at fullback.
1: The hammer's great on the wing. Why wouldn't you leave him on the wing?
0: I actually think that's not a bad move. I think Val Holmes, the way he plays now is
1: it's his size G I think it's his size I think he's finding it hard to take that bulk off and he's like a center now
0: he is I think that like a back rower yeah the 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 change to that bulk and the power that he used to sort of try to make the NFL I think now it's it's harder to trim down and he's like a quick moving center quick feet now so it probably will work quite well and defensively pretty solid Val Holmes too so
1: anyway the the Cowboys won this 38-26 um Congratulations to the Cowboys. I think the Dragons are in a bit of trouble.
0: Look, a, bit, a, a fun game to watch in a way because you had all the youngsters and the Tom Deans and Waters throwing the ball around and you know the hammer and a lot of young guys for the Cowboys too as well. So, you know, I mean, the the Lomax try at the beginning of the game for the Dragons in in response to Reese Robson's try I thought was really good. Like you say, it was really it, it was kind of the future.
1: Yeah, correct, correct.
0: Amone. Sloan, Sullivan, and then Lomax. And, and Fiungi's also been improving week to week. Yeah. I remember when he first came out, but you can see him now, can see him getting better and more comfortable in first grade, and you can kind of see why he was a bit, you know, highly rated. I like Jaden Sullivan's try from Dummy Half Tea. Tough try, like a little guy like that. He got smashed yeah. and sort of fought his way over, which I think is a good thing. And mate, the Dragons, I thought, played pretty good footy exciting football with the youngsters and amone's chip on the inside to sloan was another great try just before halftime they were great in the first yeah. half great and that 20 to 10 lead i thought the dragons might come on with it but the disappointing part for me for the dragons was where were the older heads that are there as part of the game to step in you know yeah you've got four or five young guys but they kind of all fell up fell away as well and the cowboys just threw the ball around and And ended up with the win. I thought Tom Dearden, like you say, played really well. And it's good to see him playing with some confidence. That someone's going, hey, Tom.
1: What's his first win in first grade?
0: Go out there and and just play. There isn't that pressure that he had at the Broncos last year to kind of be their saviour. And he's meant to be a gun. and. You know, he's still a kid. I think he's young
1: enough. I still think he, he will be quite good.
0: But you can see him getting better and the confidence he's building in him, which I think is a good sign for the Cowboys. An end-of-season game, like your team's throwing the ball around. It was fun to watch. You know, glimpses of the future for the Dragons, but they've got some young talent there. They're still very, very young, though. The Dragons are in an interesting position. If I they think they've things right, they might have a, a good few years. They've got some talent coming through, but they have to be set it up the right way, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. You can sort of see, though, that... The sponsors haven't moved geography either because Bingo, if you look right at the bottom, I spotted that they're in Port Kembla Grange. It's a little bit far from Rockhampton.
1: All right, let's (laughs) move on to the second game in Shitty Saturday, which was the Sharks versus the Broncos. Um, (laughs) I actually thought
0: this...
1: (laughs) The Sharks versus the Broncos. The Sharks got up 24-16. I actually thought this was a decent game of footy.
0: It was a decent game of football. Good football.
1: Yeah, it was good football, this one. The Sharks scored the first try of the game before the Broncos touched the ball, before the Broncos touched the ball, um, and they scored through Sione Katoa after Corey Oates dropped the Metcalf bomb. But then the Broncos scored with their first set, and their first set didn't come until the ninth minute. They didn't touch the ball for the first eight minutes of the game off a great take from Xavier Coates off a Albert Kelly bomb. Tessie New then put the Broncos ahead 10-4 when he stepped Trindle after getting a cutout pass from Milford. The game changed when Flegler was bin, though, for the second week in a row um, for a yes. high shot on Jack Williams. And the Sharks ran in two tries to lead 18-10 at time. That was the game in a nutshell, right? You take that 10-minute period out... And the game—it's a very even game—and and in the second half, the Sharks started the same way they did the first half, and were rewarded with a Braden Trindle try, who was the Sharks' best on the day. I thought he was great. Tessie New then got one back, get got one back five minutes later for, with his second try, yep. and Brisbane threw everything at Cronulla in the last thirty minutes, right? Um, they had plenty of chances to win. But you know what? They just lacked a bit of polish. They haven't won enough this year. They dropped the ball and took the wrong option at crucial moments during this game. But if that was a Brisbane up and running, they would have won that game, I thought.
0: I agree with you. I think they hung in enough. But I think they, they still are a very young side. And it kind of showed in the end they were all hard, which for them is a gigantic improvement. We talk about where they were earlier this year or last year. And to have them sort of fight all the way to the end and still be in that game was really good. I thought the Sharks were solid and had a few glimpses of class. As a team, I think they just had a little bit too much to play for. were really gritty to hang on and ended up winning the game. I thought Flegler's kind of a forward version of (laughs) Luttrell. He does, yeah. He kind of sails very close to, you know, a few send-offs. He's got to be careful. He doesn't want to be a Jack Hedrington.
1: Although I thought, look, we'll get to the refereeing in the Bulldogs game. I thought you guys were dudded a little bit.
0: We were, but that didn't make a difference. But Tessie knew um, it was great to see him involved and some of the stuff I loved his try where he stepped back on the inside where it's a counter to all those sliding defenses waiting for the winger to get the ball and his footwork to cut back on the inside just it was a huge hole, right? But that's not what many players do. So I think it was it was a great try. The Connor Tracy try I think when the Sharks scored and made that break through Kennedy who put his body on the line and got crunched. And, you know, Katoa cutting across and finding Connor Tracy in support. And I think once they went up 16-10 and, like you say, Flegler went to the bin, I thought Cronulla were always going to win it from that point on. But, God, it was pretty close. They, they scored a try through a great pass with Nicora, But the Broncos came at them, but they just couldn't.
1: Yeah, they just they just didn't have the polish, right? Like, they, they went they went right when they should have gone left. They, they went left, yeah. left when they should have gone right. They had an overlap and dropped the ball. They needed to go through the hands and through a cutout. It's just they've forgotten how to win.
0: Yeah, and, and Milford again, the lighter Milford. Another yeah, yeah, it's make a game, big difference.
1: Right? Well, I think I think he's going to be a good pickup for Souths, particularly with Jason Demetrio I mean, they've they've coached that he knows them, and he, he'll slot into the system, right? the The issue is who is going to organise that team. Who is going to organise that team? I don't know who's going to do that.
0: Not sure. We'll, we'll wait and see because um, I don't think that's really Milford's game. But
1: well, well, sometimes you can get away with it if you've got a Cameron Smith or a Josh Hodgson who are organising hookers. Cook's but that, not that, really that like that's not that, Damien Cook.
0: No. So, but you know what, mate? If I were the Broncos, they they're looking pretty good. Like there's some good signs there um, and a good performance. Mate, you add, add Adam shots. Reynolds
1: to that ga- that team, they win that. Game. They
0: win that game. I agree with that. I was thinking that when I was watching. If you had Adam Reynolds there. And you know what the good thing is now? They've got some backup. Like Albert Kelly in some of the games he's played. He's been playing he, really well. He's, been yeah. play, he's played pretty well, Albert Kelly. So they've got, uh, you know, one or two halves that if they have injuries, they can slot in. Um, but, you know, Stags, that Cobbo looks pretty good on the wing. He's got yeah. a lot of pace. Um, great debut by Pia Kura, which they spent half the pregame show um, talking about how great he was. They went to the Symbian for 10 minutes. So... <laughs> Welcome he ran to past Magic Mark Ground. Nichols. Mark yeah, Nichols coming out of the toilet. Toilet, that's it. You can't do that. Um, you can't kiss in the toilet. So you've got to go to the Sydney for ten minutes. Why bro. are there so
1: many toilet stories in the NRL? I Adam Elliott, know. Mark I Nichols. I don't know.
0: Don't know. I, could, I can't answer that question. Schlussy shoe. Yeah, it's um, but it, a fun game to watch, you know. But yeah, well,
1: I thought it was. I thought it was a decent game of footy.
0: Sharks needed to win that game, so now their destiny in their hands this week. So.
1: Yeah, we'll get to the next next this week The final round of the regular season shortly But let's move on to the game of the season
0: I need to go have a toilet break
1: You can go fuck yourself for all I care So yes. Storm versus the Eels yes. The mighty Parramatta Eels oh, no. Was never in doubt No, scored, actually it was not. Scored, this is my moment, please be quiet Won 22-10 And I'd like to start this game off uh, By going back to the pod last week and how you ridiculed us and said we had no chance. And yes. um, and that gave me a lot of confidence because oh, of, your, of your football knowledge and your tipping yeah. this year. So I thought if G believes this passionately in the Storm, then we must be a show here. And so it proved yes, on the night. Yes, of course. Parramatta were superb right from the first minute and have now done the double over the Storm this year, the only team the Storm haven't beaten this year. The Parramatta Eels. Yes. And the Storm have to live with equaling East's record in 1975, not breaking it. Um, But East didn't have to play the 2021 Parramatta Eels.
0: Of course. You are so predictable. Go, continue. Parrot dominated through...
1: Excuse me, excuse me. You'll get your moment when your two teams play each other next, okay? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) If I was you, I wouldn't have showed up for this pod. Parrot. Para dominated through the middle and were aggressive in defence. And it might have been Blake Ferguson and Dylan Brown's best game of the season. They were monsters out there for us. Monsters. They were great in attack, great in defence. They were everything the Canterbury, Bankstown Bulldogs are not. Mitchell Moses gets a lot of criticism for being a downhill skier. And he is. And he was fantastic against the best team in the comp.
0: Hey, I have faith in Mitchell Moses, please. Keep on going.
1: Yeah, um and that's what's that's why he's been down on form of late. So he did set up Blake Ferguson for the game's first try before the storm scored against the run of play through Remus Smith. Yeah. Now Remus Smith seems like he has muscled up his footy IQ has gone through the roof. He's just he just looks like a different player since he's left the putrid toilet bowl that was the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs.
0: That's okay. He had to share the cubicle with Adam Elliott, so there was not <laughs> enough room.
1: For will for do, it to, do yeah. it to anyone, it'll do it to anyone. Lume Lume then got the Storm second down the para left edge.
0: You mean the Fijian um, But
1: They find them everywhere. Where do they find these players? (laughs) Had you heard of Lume Lume coming up through the ranks? No.
0: He's exciting, but honestly, I couldn't tell whether he was going to run out, run past somebody.
1: No, (laughs) no. But I mean, Hayes Dunster got moved out to the wing and he got got caught out in that that try, right? He was a bit too compressed because he's not a specialist winger. And for the next 10 minutes, para only just held on. Right, yeah, so we yes. were down. We only just held on, and our scrambling defence was like earlier in the season. It was we were desperate. It was superb. Um, Dylan Brown, Clint Gutherson.
0: Are we in the Eels church or something?
1: This yes. It sounds like yeah, oh. yeah. They were just superb, absolutely brilliant, and and they they fought back. Normally the Eels would this would be the end of them. They would concede a couple of tries. It'd be twenty two six at half time. But instead, um, right on the stroke of half time. We fought back and, 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 and made it ten all through a try to Dunster. And by this point at half time I was a believer. I was a be- oh, uh, can I get an Amen? Can I get an Amen? No. No. And then in the second half
0: Oh
1: no. We've only got we've only just gotten to the second oh, okay. half. Okay. In the second half, Paris stayed composed. They really did. They had they had you know what they had? Have you seen Rocky?
0: No, they, had the
1: the tiger, oh. they had the eye of the tiger G they had the eye of the tiger the
0: tigers obviously don't they must have taken advantage no, of
1: the the tigers had the eye of the kitten but the, oh. the, the eels had the eye of the tiger and and they kept the storm scoreless this attacking machine that's broken every record in the comp was meek in the eyes of the eel's defense what and we ran idea? in two tries of our own.
0: Oh.
1: Ferguson second and Joey Lussick getting one as well, who was, who? by the way, was really good on the night. Joey Lussick was really, really good. Reed Marnie really was good. a big loss for us. Yeah, it was surprisingly good. Anyway, Mitch Moses was great and returned to kicking. So his back seems to be getting better. So that was good, the goal kicking. Papa Lee and Junior Paulo and Nathan Brown's finally found a bit of bloody form yes. as well. He was superb during the game. Gutho again. He is now the new Mr. Perpetual Motion. But... He did look like he may have picked up an injury, as did Josh Addo Carr, who looked like he might have done a hamstring. Um, He he did the hamstring, if you notice the play, just by the fear that the Eagles' defense had put in him.
0: Of course. Of course. He had to overstretch and run extra fast. Correct. He had to run fast. Junior
1: Paulo ran him down. Junior Uh, Paulo. That's how much we had the eye of the tiger. For the Storm, Cam Munster was great. And... Pappenheisen better again before a couple of knocks. He did get a couple of knocks to the head, and I think that um it seemed to push him back into his shell a little bit. Um, yeah, So I don't, I don't think maybe. he's 100% confident there, so, so watch that one. Um, It was a great game of footy before the storm. I don't think the move of Brandon Smith to lock and Ryan Pappenheisen to fullback um, and Nico Hines to the bench worked. I think they need to start with Nico Hines at fullback and Brandon Smith as the hooker.
0: This is something we'll talk about when we talk about the semis because, to me, look, in this game, they're still adjusting. They were playing a certain way with Nico Hines because him and Pappenheisen are different players, right? They are. They've won 16, 17 in a row. Now, a sudden, was out
1: for a long time, don't forget. A it's long two time. and a half months, right?
0: So they basically won 10 or 11 games in a row and the way Nico Hines plays is different. Their machine was humming and I don't think... Think.
1: You know, in hindsight, Fu, Fu Maiano didn't get enough for that hit on Pappenheisen.
0: No, he didn't. I don't know if that move has worked out yet because Pappenheisen is a far more direct player than Nico, but the team has to readjust the way they play and that's going to take
1: Well, a that, that's the type of bloke you are, right? We've been going through a rough trot. We beat the team that's going for 20 wins in a row and you focus on them. I mean, it's just, you, you've switched your allegiances from Canterbury to the Sea Eagles. You have a go at our players for raising money for charity.
0: Oh, please. You are Hang just on.
1: a shit bloke.
0: Having said that, I thought the Eels, their scrambling defense was fantastic. I thought Gutherson came up with some ama- some fantastic... What about tactics. Dylan Brown?
1: Not just Gutho, Dylan Brown.
0: Dylan Brown's defense was fantastic. I thought it was sport. Dylan
1: Brown's best game. They were combined. He's kept them combining or down the same half. All, year. A, all year, his best game. He was superb. He was great. And that hair suits him. And he's doing oh, such a good no. thing for society.
0: You know, you watch some of the commentary from the game or the post-match commentary, and a lot of it was, oh, Melbourne made errors. But I actually thought they were forced errors by Paris' defence. If we
1: play like that for four weeks in the finals, we're in with a red-hot chance. Now, I don't think we'll beat the Panthers because I think we'll rest players. But if we can... That is a level, is is right up there with with the best of the Storm and the Panthers.
0: To be honest, T, I would not rest players against Penrith this week if I were the Eels. I think no, but he's, we- he said he's
1: already going to. And thank God you're not the coach, because every time you think we should rest, and so as a result, Brad Arthur will now rest them because you think they shouldn't be. Oh, this is
0: ridiculous. But anyway, credit to Parra's defence. I thought they they flew in off the wings, but not halfway in between. I think at some point in the year that you've got Ferguson came in, but they kept on going in. So they went straight to the player who's going to get the ball, and the player had to quick split-second decision rather than have time to sort of get around their fringe defense, they actually moved in and hit somebody.
1: This is what Brad Arthur meant. That That's yep. a good point, G. And you knew that this was going to be tough on you, this Eagles game. Yes. This is what Brad Arthur meant when he said looking for contact. This game was what he meant. We were looking for contact in defense.
0: There was an element of the storm were bustled out of their attack by the para defense. It wasn't just they were dropping the ball, because as soon as the center got the ball... Fergo or Hayes Dunster was there. I thought Hayes Dunster had a fantastic game, and he the was way
1: they—I mean, he was at fault for one of the tries. Yeah, but, but, but mate, you yeah, can't stop that, every correct, correct
0: attacking raid by the storm. But and, and look, their scrambling defence kept them in the game in a way they were dominating the game. And what I loved about their attack is what they've done is Moses, and we saw this last week. They, they're they're running at the line and combining with Dylan Brown. They're actually engaging the defender first. And then shoveling the ball out. I mean, Moses is incredibly skillful. He can throw a 30, 40 meter. Oh, some spiral. of those
1: passes, some of those passes. It was Ricky Stewart like.
0: Dude, he we spoke about this skill wise. He's pretty yeah, right the up best there. halfback in the competition, right?
1: It was Joey esque. The performance from Mitchell Moses on the weekend was Joey esque.
0: His directness engaged, like his try to Ferguson in the first first few minutes is he ran at the line, the defender had to come into him, and that just creates the space for the outside back, and he's the type of guy that can throw long, short, or kick. So it makes him ultra-dangerous, right? It allows him to use his running ability, too, and threaten that defence, and that's what Nathan Cleary does all the time. That's why the Panthers attack Hums along, and Luai. And Parra's added a little bit of that in the last two weeks, and I'm glad they did that against the Storm, because... It also gives Parra confidence to go, fuck, you know what? If we actually attack these guys, we can beat them. We don't have to always try and grind out a win against the Storm. It's not going to happen. But their defence kept them in the game. The Storm were getting around them just in wide open space. Lume Lume, I didn't know whether he was going to slide and try to score score a try by sliding out of bounds or across the sideline. (laughs) fumbling the ball. He was all over the place, but he had um, a lot of pace and he threatened the defence, but their scrambling defence was fantastic. So whilst the wingers were shooting in, the scrambling defence was coming across and cutting off any opportunity um, to go around the defence. So I thought Parra's defence kept them in the game. I thought the Storm... Well, un- not unlucky, but could have scored three or four tries in the first half. And Brad Arthur came out good. afterwards and he said that too was the one
1: against the naysayers, and he said in particular the G from the oh, GNT. Of course,
0: show. of course he did. Um, and Gutho's some of his defensive work as a fullback showed up in that game. I think, I think best defensive
1: of, fullback. I've been saying this all year. He's the he's the best defensive fullback in the comp.
0: Cut off Adokar once or twice and with some fantastic like tackles that drop stop them dead, right? So they yeah. don't have an opportunity to offload or look for support. Like just kind of bring them straight down. I thought once Paris scored that try at halftime
1: We kept them scoreless in the second half. Yeah,
0: like and then once Paris scored that try at half time, I really thought that from there they were going to win the game. Like you could kind of see they had Melbourne contained, if that made sense. I think we they didn't panic grew. either. I was no? so
1: impressed by the composure that Parra showed.
0: I think fantastic. I was really pleased with Mitchell Moses' game. I actually am one of the few people that probably likes him. I, I actually like the way he plays. He doesn't like you. That's okay. That's fine.
1: He doesn't like the way you treat the cat.
0: And unbelievably... Yeah. I might. Hey, man. My, my cat gets treated... She, she gets treated better than west tigers in fact she'd be well she certainly gets treated better than i
1: do after weeks of having to listen to your diatribe on the eels yeah and
0: um i thought bryce cartwright was fantastic
1: yeah the whole team was great the whole team was great he
0: he flew around different parts of the field T, and i think he added an extra link beyond their halves and just the reliance on dylan brown or mitchell moses and gutho he added an extra ball player and added more variety to that attack and the storm don't like that type of stuff They don't no, like no. The players like Cartwright They can create something They they prefer a, a rigid Structured attack Coming at them Because their defence Is too, too good But I thought it was a good win I don't think the Storm Were that bad I thought the Eels Actually outplayed them And actually Defended them really well So a really good win And a really good sign The reason why I wouldn't let rest players Is You want this form Going in If you take players In and out They have to restart again Yeah but it's the Panthers yeah, but mate, they were more clinical than last week, and they looked a lot more fluid this week and a lot faster in execution. So anyway, it's I a wouldn't good point. rest them. It's a good because point. I think the Eels have hit.
1: We've hit form at the right time.
0: Yes, and I wouldn't rest them because.
1: But then you got to balance that against injury.
0: I get the injury part, but I just you know what I Mitchell like what Moses got a bad back. Gutho's played every yeah, game. Yeah, I, I get your T, but I liked what I saw against the Storm. I did. I, don't I think did. The storm and with that bad.
1: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. G again giving us not enough credit. So let's oh, move please. on to let's move on to the Sunday game. You will be worshiping at the Church of the Eel. <laughs> My question for you: oh, I was on cloud nine after this game. I've got to be honest with you. I'm yeah, still the, on. The Church cloud of the Eel that.
0: was the Japanese re- sushi restaurant for a few weeks. <laughs> they were Correct. Actually back Correct. In the tank.
1: Yes, you thought yourself very funny. <laughs> yes, I am um, very. But what is now being affectionately referred to as the G Derby. On Sunday, between Manly and the Bulldogs, it's a stuffed cat that the winning captain gets to hold up as a trophy at the end of the game.
0: Stuffed cat. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. The the taxidermy cup, is it?
1: The G cup. The G cup. (laughs) (laughs) You could interpret that however you like. The G G cup. (laughs) All right, so, so... I'm really just to see which team you are going for. Manly welcome back Tommy Turbo, and the Bulldogs were looking to end a nine-game losing streak. And Manly dominated the opening twenty minutes, but were guilty of not taking the dogs seriously. I thought they they really, you know, they, you know, and after Saar put them in front, the Bulldogs put on back-to-back tries by attacking through the middle of the field. And whilst Manly got one back through, through the
0: middle of the field, it was more like they were just attacking a space because Mandy couldn't be asked tackling.
1: Whatever it was, through the middle. <laughs> Through Ola Katawi. Yep. And the dogs went into halftime actually leading twelve ten. And I I'm thought I, I thought you'd be having a nervous breakdown no. at this point. You're up twelve ten because you don't know which team to follow. Like you go into the game a Manly supporter, but you're long term a bulldog supporter. You've you've got this sexual crush on Tommy Turbo, he's back. So I I thought you'd be I thought you'd be in all sorts of emotional turmoil at halftime. I, I was I was thinking of you, mate. Manly did make seven errors in the first half. And that's really what kept the Bulldogs going. Manly started the second half with 26 tackles in a row and scored through Tommy Turbo controversially. The ref missed an obstruction. And I love Graham Annesley coming out today and explaining why it wasn't an obstruction. It was a bloody obstruction.
0: Because it was Tommy Turbo, that's why. Yeah, well, and that's then Tommy it. Turbo dropped Only the ball. He knocked on as well, but that's okay. Dropped
1: the ball whilst grounding it. That was a knock on.
0: Mind you, I have to say, that would have been probably one of the all-time try savers with a one-h- one-handed... Takedown of Tommy Turbo. Like, Fantastic wow. effort
1: by Hetherington. Fantastic. Yeah. So I agree with that. And from the kickoff, Josh Aloia took the ball up and lashed out with his feet and Josh Jackson at Josh Jackson, yeah. who's got a head you want to kick in a tackle. And and he got and he, <laughs> and he got but
0: but, but I don't the know dogs it was a yeah penalty, was simbing.
1: a bit rough yeah I agree but the dogs couldn't get any points and DCE manoeuvred you guys to exactly where he needed you guys to be and he couldn't get any points and that was the turning point with Tommy Turbo scoring two and completing his hat trick and Jason Saab getting his second Tommy Turbo was superb he's now got 22 tries in 14 games I feel for the dogs I thought the refs killed you in this game but. As someone who watches the league, because I host the podcast, unlike you, G, I've been watching the dogs all year. I think the refs have been killing you all year.
0: We have, but does it really matter? Like, th- this game was over once.
1: You showed spirit, though. You did show spirit. I mean, I, you got to yeah, have some hope. I mean, but, but, to... but, hang on a second. Well, let's talk about the team you actually go for. What did you I, think of Manly?
0: I thought this was literally like you know when you take out the the pristine Saab Turbo from the garret, the Mandy Garage. And it's a Sunday. How old's
1: this car? If it's a turbo sub,
0: oh god, you're probably talking about thirty years. It's a 20, classic. Now. It's got one 30 of those, years, yeah, yeah, it's got one of those classic number plates, right? And cheap rego.
1: I can't help but feel. I can't help but feel you're gonna. That car's gonna break down in the middle of the road somewhere on the M4, and you're gonna call me. Well, to give this you a one tow. didn't
0: because Manly were took it out on a Sunday drive. They went through a, going through the 30, 40 forty kilometre zones in the city, watching the speed cameras. And as soon as they felt like it, they just put that front the turbo. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit like that. And then no, eased it up when no. they saw the cops. And then when they didn't see the police, then they sped up again. That's exactly yeah. what this game was like. It was a stroll, a So Sunday you're telling driver. me Josh
1: Dugan was driving the turbo sub?
0: Well, eventually by the end of the game, by the time we got to Lithgow, yes. They picked him up on the
1: way. I thought Brandon Wakem wasn't great either for you guys. I, um, I, it wasn't a great game for him.
0: Well, I mean, look, Brandon Wakem.
1: I know. He's you're been a chopped fan. Change.
0: No, Brandon Wakem's an interesting player. He's one of these players where, you know, vision wise, he's he's a good player. He knows how to read the game. He can pass. His can kicking
1: kick. was terrible.
0: But athletically, he's not a first grader. And the yeah. game he's athletic and fast. And that's I kind of feel for those type of players, right? Where there's skill levels at that level and their vision, but it's like just physically there's they're just not at that level and they struggle as no. a result, right? But this was a stroll, manly were complacent. Jason Saab could have had a hat-trick in the first half.
1: Although defensively, he looked a bit shaky. He dropped the ball quite a bit, Jason Saab, as he well. He did.
0: I thought Manly were off in general. I think the the bus through the middle of the field and even the try from um, the scrum, it was just so easy that Manly were just not covering. They, they, you know, and once the Dogs scored those two tries and hit the lead tee, you'd see all of a sudden Manly just went up the field and scored a try through Elowakatu almost immediately. It was almost yeah. like, okay... Do you know what? We've got to step up a little bit here. And even Manly didn't play with the same pace. Slow in execution. In the second half, like, yes, the dogs were holding them out, but really, what were Manly throwing at the defence anyway? I mean, the tries that Tommy Turbo scored were so easy, where he just went through four or five players, and people say, oh, they were tight. It's because differentiation from just shoveling the ball out through second-man plays. I thought the dogs, yeah, they tried, but honestly, mate, just... They just don't have it.
1: Well, at least you don't have to wear your short shorts and a Manly jersey. I
0: mean, say Ockham Ball's try is an example where the ball sort of went out. Mandy were falling over each other. He picked up the ball slowly and then kind of still went over two players. No one else was anywhere near it. Whereas you watch some of the games previously, there was five, six, seven Manly defenders around the ball, right? So it was just um, lazy play. I think Manly were just switching on and off throughout the game. And I thought the next game was very similar. They did what they had to do to win and keep... The Bulldogs, away. oh, you mean Panthers Tigers? Um, yeah, very similar game to good, me. Good um, segue,
1: good segue. And um, but so, poor
0: Matt Durie, one of our sh- up and comers, unfortunately, Tory's AS- ACL, which wasn't good. So, um, a bit sad well, about wishing that. Wishing him a speedy recovery and one of the most bizarre tries all year from this game off the kickoff. How weird was that try? That, that, oh, yeah, I mean, that was weird. Example. That was
1: weird. Yeah, that was weird.
0: One Weird guy track. coming out of nowhere, bouncing around, and then some just bounced straight to his head. It was
1: just me. I thought that was a set play.
0: Maybe, maybe. I honestly um,
1: thought it was a set play because the kick didn't go to... It's not where you'd normally kick it. Like, you'd normally kick it down the middle, and you kick it a lot deeper.
0: I thought I thought it might have been a set play. It's a possibility, but um, but th- this is also an example with the Dogs, too, to some degree, T, where Jackson Toppenay is one of our gun youngsters.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he's. I think he'll be a good player. I think he'll be a good player.
0: Why is Sione Katoa playing minutes at this stage of the season when the team's coming last, when you've got Topene that should be playing the whole game? I-, I don't understand some of it.
1: Why is Corey Norman playing and Adam Clune being let go to Newcastle?
0: I don't know. I actually think Adam Clune's not too bad. I think Adam
1: Clune may be the better player out of those
0: two. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Manly did what they had to do and... Unfortunately, I think um, Ruben Garrick's going to take down Hasem's single season scoring record. So great. Well, I think he's going to score Reuben more Garrick. points than
1: Manly uh, than than the Bulldogs this season.
0: I think he's very. I think he has already. So. Um... But yeah, look a late, lazy performance by Manly. We got to see this turbo Saab in full flight right at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, so that's that's who are you going for, by the way, in this game. Just can you? Can Strangely, you I'm a
0: Bulldogs fan.
1: W- were you actually going for them? Because you haven't been saying that,
0: mate. There's no point because they're always going to lose that game. To be honest, this is probably one of the worst seasons I can remember, where we're not just boring, we're also have no chance of almost winning. You're looking at a very biased Bulldogs fan that thinks they're watching games and think, oh, if we had a bit of luck, we'd be in it. Yeah, if the other team didn't have 13 players on the field, we would have won as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're watching games knowing that you need the other team to be off. You need to have every single thing go your way. And then you might be able to sneak a win.
1: I feel for the Dogs supporters. I really do but um, it's not going to bring me down from cloud nine.
0: No, I think we're totally different trajectories and I think the sa- it's just been an awful season, awful season. Yeah, this has been a
1: bit of a pick-me-up this pod. Thank you, G. Oh,
0: oh, fantastic. Yeah, great. Okay, move on, bloody Trent. Back. And here's the other thing, mate. We talk about momentum and how to change momentum in games. I actually like the rules. I don't like some of them, like the seven tackle set. I hate because it makes it too easy to just run one out, but I think the rules discourage lazy coaching. I don't think I think if you're just want you just want to hit it up and kick and try to win that way and get field position and arrest momentum you can't really do that now you actually need to play footy and chance your arm and make ground that way and I think that that is a better development for the game and if you don't want to come along for the ride or have some risk then you know what you're going to be floating around the back end of the eight forever you
1: know what G? it's good to see your passion for the dogs come through cuz you'd given up on them and it's good to see you still care
0: and the good thing is, though, we lost by under 40, so I don't have to Correct. wear a Mandy jersey around with Mandy shorts. Correct. In the cold, wandering around after curfew in my area. The, the,
1: the cold, at the best of times, wasn't going to do wonders for you. No. <laughs>
0: Let's move
1: on to the next game of the Sunday night game. The Panthers versus the Tigers. The Panthers, I've got four lines of analysis on this. They the look Panthers fantastic versus in pink. The, oh, they yeah, do. No. They do no? look fantastic. It's a, I like that jersey. Panthers versus Tigers. Panthers got up 30-16. to 16, A bit like the Manly game, this one. the Pan, uh, It's exactly what I said, so we both saw the same thing. Panthers had all the ball in the first half. It made eight errors. But unlike Manly, the Panthers were able to secure a halftime lead of 12-6, including a try to Tevita Pangai Jr., which showcased his strength. He just had a rough try. Yeah, he just... Well, Three guys just cool, waiting but, there, yeah. and he's just... Well, with Jacob Little, defensively, he's made a lot of mistakes this year. I... I, I and he looked like he stripped the ball and then the other two players thought oh, well, he had it. the ball because yeah, of the way I he mean, fell off, yeah, it was just but it was it was a, it was a paint very Madge Maguire half of football. Like it's the yes. way Madge likes to play. it's scrappy football, right? It's yes. scrappy, tough, tight football. Yeah. Um, in the second half, the Panthers played a little bit better, but not, not their best, and scored three tries to extend the lead 30-6 to six before the Tigers got a couple in the last 10 minutes to make the score 30-16. to 16. I thought Brian Toa was great in his return game. And yeah. and all I can say about this one is the Panthers got the job done.
0: Pretty much. I mean, like similar to the other game, I thought they kind of... It was almost like a trial game. They were going through the motions to some degree, running their plays. But for, for Penrith, really, the highlights are Fisher-Harris is back. And playing a game or two, hopefully, before the semi finals. They really missed him, I think, even though he was guilty of some lazy play when Ute, Ute Kamanu, um went through the middle and scored following a Jacob Little um, bust. That was very lazy defence by the Panthers, unlike them, too. Um, To'o's back and getting into the groove again, which Penrith knew really needed. And the takeaway was I thought in the second half, like you say, Penrith stepped up a little bit of a. Uh, stepped up a gear, but also Jerome Luai was a little bit more aggressive, which they really, really, really need. Like you say, since he moved to halfback, he's kind of lost his...
1: It's post-Origin. The first year people play Origin, you'll find in halves, it does take a bit out of your engine, right?
0: He struggled with that kind of emotion and probably going back to normal footy. Part
1: of it's not having international footy. You build up to this Origin thing and then you come back down the other side,
0: right? I guess the emotional high of playing Origin three weeks in a row and... Let's be honest, the Panthers were flogging everybody. It's hard to then get back up every single week when you know you kind of don't have to play all that well to win most games. I think that's a difficult mental barrier to bust. Um, And I think you've seen that with the Panthers to some degree. I think the massive highlight for them was kick-out, I thought, really lifted the performance at times. He did. Like, you know, and he's... It's a different kick-out to a few years ago. Like, he was, like, stepping up and really running hard and trying to bust the Tigers' defence. And his flick pass at the... That Burden picked up flying off his ankles. That was a a magic pass. Great pickup by Burden too. And also great tackle by Noel Faluma and Tommy Talao.
1: Which you don't often say this season. Yeah, I mean, look, the Tigers
0: were kind of spirited. But I thought Penrith were also a little bit complacent to some degree or lacked a little oh, bit I a think bit the Tigers
1: seat. are in a bit of trouble I look at that roster I think the Bulldogs will go forward next year I, th- I I, think I'll stand there and I go I think the Tigers might finish last next year
0: it's possible I also think Tommy Talao kind of improved the last few weeks I know we've been giving him a bit of stick this year but
1: it's good that he's finding his feet in first grade
0: you know some improvement the last few weeks which I think is a good sign and hopefully he continues that it, it it hasn't been an easy introduction to first grade. Playing in a team that's struggling, that seems like they've got issues with you the You say that,
1: you say that, but Adam Dewey has been miles far yeah, and away their best and, player.
0: And we forgot to mention, sadly done his ACL. That's his I don't know, is it the same knee that he did before?
1: Is it I didn't realise he'd done his ACL. Is yep. he gone for the season? I thought He's it was an MCL.
0: No, I think ACL. I read ACL.
1: Oh, that's terrible news for him.
0: Because he has done his ACL before, and that hampered his speed a little bit. Took him a while to get back. Very skillful, wholehearted player, so...
1: Partial ACL, yeah.
0: Partial ACL, okay. Well, hopefully he recovers.
1: It's good to see Nathan Cleary's acne's cleared up, too.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's, it's it's He's been using um good product, I think. Clear How about Jock Madden, right at the end, where he got the penalty? I mean, that was like straight out of wrestling from the 1980s. Yeah. Like a little nudge, and he Jock went flying Madden. on his knees, yeah.
1: Aka the junkyard dog,
0: the junkyard, the junkyard tiger,
1: the junkyard tiger.
0: The tigers, I mean, a bit of spirit here and there, but
1: it's a long road back for the tigers. Shall we move on to the round yep. twenty-four preview? Yes, because we've been going absolutely. for about four or four hours now.
0: Yes, we have. It's a, it's a, it's a good um, detox from work and from not being allowed outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go. Okay. 24. So I'm not going anywhere. Put it this way.
1: I feel like your psychologist. All
0: right, round <laughs> round
1: 24. The round 24, last round of the regular season. We do get less games from here on in. So we will come. We will need to work out when we're going to do our players of the season. To, to pick our teams of the season. There was a lot of research that went into that last year. If you remember, there was. Yeah, so it there was, was the so we'll see we'll see where it all ends up this year. So um first up on the Thursday
0: night, it's the Ra is your team of the season gonna be Gutherson, Hayes Dunster, Wonga Blake. I don't
1: think Wonga Blake's <laughs> gonna make it, I've gotta be honest. No, with okay. you. So he's the I'm only gonna...
0: one that misses out. So Will Pennicini, Blake Ferguson, okay.
1: Mate, I, I'm still on cloud night after that game. It was brilliant. All right. So uh, it's the first up on the Thursday night, it's the Raiders versus the Roosters. Um I'm surprised the Roosters can field a team. Oh, so the- am
0: I. Uh, the, I, I Can- as well. Can-
1: Canberra are $2.15 outsiders. Roosters are $1.71 favourites. Canberra have two and a half point start. I think the Roosters have got too many injuries and I think the, the Raiders have got something to play for. I'm not sure the Roosters do. I, I actually think the Raiders will get them.
0: I agree with you. I think the Raiders are going to win this because I think the Roosters have been so wholehearted and it wouldn't surprise me if Teddy has an amazing game and they still win this game with a bit of Sam Walker magic, bit of Teddy magic and now they probably need to rely on Lachlan Lamb with a little bit of um, his footwork to try and cut up the defence but I just... Joey Manu still gave him something and he's gone now and that's a mental hurdle the Roosters are going to struggle with. They kind of... Deep down you must know now you're no shot. You've just got too many injuries so... And the Raiders, I think, despite being somewhat, you know, like we've said all year, just struggling for fluidity all year, leaks coming out from the team, a little bit of disharmony. They've just got too much to play for, I think, in this game. And I think they might just have enough to beat the Roosters. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Raiders, they, they've got to win to just have a chance of the eight. And I think they've just, they're going to come out and give it their They're,
1: they're they in they ninth got. position at the moment, right? And
0: the Roosters can't make the top. They can make the top four still, actually, but probably not. So I just too many injuries, mate. The Roosters have been superb this year. Actually, I think the fact that they're still in it with a chance of the top four, irrespective of I know the four and against his way is against them because of Manly. But I mean, it's actually remarkable to be honest. So yeah, amazing effort, great effort by the Roosters. Are they like the Chelsea of the NRL? Nick Politakis doesn't have a oil company, does he?
1: Good shout. Yeah. Where they've good, got seventy-five players
0: that are on loan to everybody else, and they have hundred injuries. And Chelsea's defence at the
1: team. moment looks unbelievable. I mean, oh,
0: Chelsea's incredible. We
1: dominated that second half, but all our great chances came from this outside the box.
0: Um. See, Chelsea's looking I good.
1: Think, I think we need some depth in the forward line too. Anyway, anyway, let's not get into the EPL, but I've been watching a fair bit of it. So, um, let's move on to the Friday night games, and first up. There is the Sharks versus the Storm. There's a long history between these clubs, as you know, G. Um, the Sharks are three dollars outsiders. The Storm are a dollar thirty nine favourites. And the Sharks have a seven and a half point start. I think Craig Bellamy does rest players in the last round. He's done it the last few seasons. I think he'll basically, if he rests, like he's done in previous years, if he rests basically one to 13, I think the Sharks will win this.
0: I'm tipping the Sharks because I'm expecting him, and this will depend on when the team's come out, but I'm expecting him, like you said, to rest pretty much the whole team and give people a break. They're missing out of car. Probably give Lume Lume another run out. Um, I think they're going to have, you know, Cooper Johns will probably come in. So I think the Storm will give it a shot like they always do. They rarely perform poorly. But the Sharks, I mean, this is a must-win game. They win, they're in the, the semis. So it's, it's win or go home, essentially. And they will find that out because the Raiders are playing the night before. So I think that's also an X factor. See, like if the Raiders lose, the Sharks don't have much to play for.
1: Oh, yeah, if the Raiders lose, I think that's right. Yeah, so, so some of these tips you're going to have to make... The day before.
0: In a way, right? So I think that's going to be dependent. If the Raiders win, I think the Sharks will win without a doubt because the Storm will win. If the Raiders lose and the Sharks are guaranteed a spot before this game, I think then it becomes a very much a 50-50. Who wants to turn up on the day? Because they both are looking to the next week, you know? So The
1: match of the round is the Eels versus the Panthers. Um, Ivan Cleary's come out and said he's not going to rest players and Brad Arthur has said he will. The Eels... Forty-eight hours ago, were three dollars fifty, and they've blown out to five dollars now. Okay, and the, All right. and the Panthers have gone from a dollar thirty-one to a dollar eighteen. So I think the Panthers yep. will get them. Uh yes. and the Eels start has gone from ten and a half to fourteen and a half. So I think I think they will rest players. I think the Panthers will get them.
0: I think the Panthers will will definitely beat them. I'm expecting them to again add an extra bit of fluidity. And it's interesting how now Charlie Staines is gone and Stephen Crichton's the winger.
1: Well, Charlie Staines. I think we said it when he when he has been yeah. dropped. He hasn't been playing well. No. He hasn't been playing well for weeks.
0: And it appears as though that's the t- team they're going to go with. That's sort of a bit of a taller, more robust, athletic side with Momorovsky and Bird. They're not
1: playing well though. They're not was playing well. As, no. they're not playing as well as they were eight weeks ago, right?
0: They're not. They're missing that variety in attack. So, but they've had a lot of players out. They're getting players back to oh, like we said. James Fisher Harris is back. The Panthers will come out gunning this game and try to really sort of I think fine tune their structures and performance before the semis and in a way i think you're right i i would love to see brad arthur keep the same team because i thought the eels were showed flashes against the cowboys were a bit clunky i thought against the storm they were a lot more clinical and executed a lot quicker but i can see why he would rest players too because even if the eels win if manly wins which they they will playing the cowboys you know, you're still fifth.
1: Yeah, correct, correct. So, yeah, it's not going to change anything. Manly will beat the Cowboys. It's not going to change anything, right? It's,
0: so, so I can understand it from that
1: perspective. You're either going to play the Sharks or you're going to play the Knights, and I think, I think the Eels are going to beat either of those teams. Yeah, right? I, th-
0: I think so. I think they're at a different level. The, the Eels, yep. like we said, uh, kind of were seemed to be in that in between. But some of the form of some of these teams isn't. Yeah, I think the finals are more open than I ago. thought it was yeah. going to be
1: eight weeks ago. So, all right. So the the Panthers for both of us, and then move on to Shitty Saturday, um, which is again first up. It's the Broncos versus the Knights. Um, so the Knights are a dollar eighty favorites. Broncos are two dollars. The Broncos have come in from two forty five. Yeah. Um, they started off with a four-and-a-half-point start. Now they've got a one-and-a-half-point start. I think the yeah. Knights will rest everybody because they, they, they cannot finish any higher than seventh. Seventh?
0: What's the point?
1: And any lower than seventh. So there is no point, and I am also tipping the Broncos.
0: I'm tipping the Broncos. I thought the Broncos... I thought the Knights were ordinary, but the, the Titans couldn't put them away. The Titans struggled to score against them, and the Knights have been gritty for most of the year. They haven't been able to score points well enough. And the Broncos, mate, they're throwing the footy around, they're playing with a bit of passion and vigour. I'm tipping, and there's a few players that are leaving that probably want to have a, you know, like Milford, that really want to probably go out on a high as well, so I'm tipping the Broncos. Too much pace and enthusiasm for a Knights team that will probably be gritty, but honestly, like like you say, I don't think they've got much to play for, and... Attack-wise, they've been pretty poor.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to the second game of Shitty Saturday, and that's North <laughs> Queensland versus Manly. This till the Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe Fox Sports paid for these games. Anyway, it's Cowboys versus Eagles. Manly are a dollar seven favourites. North Queensland are nine dollars outsiders. North Queensland mm-hmm. have twenty-three and a half points start. I think Manly will rest some players, not all of them. And I still think that'll be way too good for the Cowboys.
0: I think Manly will be too good for the Cowboys. But again, this is... Like, I'm not sure
1: Tommy Turbo will play. I don't think they need Tommy Turbo to beat North Queensland.
0: Oh, I think the Cowboys will probably have a bit of fun. They're going to field a very young side and throw the footy around. So they're probably going to score points and leak points. So full-strength Eagles could probably run up a few points against them. But again, if you're the Seagulls, T, say the Roosters lose or, you know, don't win. Your foreign against is already higher or the Eels lose and the Roosters lose. Yeah, but even if
1: they rested everybody, don't you think they got enough to get past the Cowboys? I can't see myself tipping the Cowboys, yeah, no I'm no tipping the what Seagulls, happens.
0: but I do think if the Roosters and the Eels lose, I think it will put a slightly different spin on the Seagulls' enthusiasm for the game. I think they'll have enough, but I'd expect it to be more of a sloppy game than... If one of the roosters or Para wins, they've got to win to keep that top four spot, and I think you'll find a difference, Eagles.
1: Well, some of these games you really do have to pick depending on who the sides are and what's happening yeah, before them, right? Yeah, pretty much, so, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is another one that's like that: Souths versus the Dragons, right? So yes. Souths were a dollar seven favourites when I checked forty-eight hours ago. Yep. They're now a dollar twenty-five favourites. And yep. Saints have come in from $9 to $4. So Saints have come right back in. The point starts gone from 23.5 to 12.5 for Saints. So mm. again, if Souths have got nothing to play for and they play their reserve graders, I think the Dragons have got enough points in them to, to win the game. But if Souths only rest half their players, they will win oh, the game. Now, this is
0: the worst round to tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: If Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds don't play, for example, and Damian Cook, like if they rest the spine and Latrell's suspended, yep. then the Dragons are a show here.
0: I think I agree with that summation. I think it depends what the Rabbitohs want to do, but the Drag if they 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 field a fairly weak side, I think some of the young guys and the enthusiasm that some of the young kids are playing with for the Dragons, I think they'll score enough points to to knock them off. The interesting thing is, if you're Wayne Bennett, what do yeah. you do with the Rabbitohs? Right, you've had Mitchell now rubbed out for the semis. Do you actually rest players because Wayne Bennett's low
1: pan? He's been around for four thousand years.
0: Well, that means you need to find somebody with green eyes to hang around with. So, Correct. I mean, look, if you're the Rabbitohs, what do you do, right? Because your whole structure now has to change. So can you forward to rest players and then randomly have a new fullback and a new combination for the semi?
1: Sorry, what was the question?
0: No, I'm saying what would you do? Would you play your players or because you you want to build up a combination before the semis? Like, cause you oh, it's have a, a new tough fullback. one, isn't
1: it? I think it depends on your circumstances. I think if you have had a relatively injury-free run, Yep. Or if you're heavily reliant on one player, then I would rest players. So, if I'm Manly and I've got Tommy Turbo, yeah. And I look a completely different team without Tommy Turbo there, then I rest Tommy Turbo, right? I mean yes. there's no there's yep. no ifs or buts about that. Yep. If I or Cody Walker's another one, I'll give you an example. Yep. If I was Wayne Bennett, I'd I'd rest Cody Walker. Yep. If I'm a team that's had chopped and changed and things like that, Penrith. then then I would play the t- the players to get the combinations to keep them going, right? So it kind of depends on your circumstances.
0: Makes sense. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs, but it will depend on what the teams sort of look like, I think. And
1: the next one's like this as well. So the next game, we move on to the Sunday games, it's the Titans versus the Warriors. Titans are $1.28 favourites. The Warriors are $3.75 outsiders. The Warriors have 11.5 point start. If the Titans need to win this to make the eight... I think they'll come out and win this game. I think if they have nothing to play for, I think the Warriors will win this game.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is this is another one where
1: the Warriors show up. You get you get consistency yes. out of the Warriors. They show yes. up, so it's not going to matter whether where they're going or what they are. Whereas the Titans, you know, I I think they're they are a team that's very very inconsistent. And if they have nothing to play for and have missed out on the, I think eight, they will switch off. I could see them dropping their heads, yeah?
0: This is a hard game to pick because I'm with you. I think it totally, absolutely dependent on what happens in the games before them. Because if the Sharks lose and the Raiders lose... They just need to win in there in the semis, so Correct. They then they'll against. I think they'll win a
1: game. I think they'll win it in that case.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough, tough game. I'm probably gonna to tip tough round to pick Titans. I've got
1: the Titans as well, but only if they've got something to play for. Yeah,
0: if they've got nothing to play for, I have a feeling they might get tailed up, like you said, because they won't they'll just pack it in, I think.
1: Yeah, correct. All right, and what a the fitting way to end—fitting way to end the regular season this year oh between the powerhouses. God. This is clearly the game of the year, not just the round, the year. It
0: is
1: the Tigers versus Isn't the Bulldogs. That kind of like
0: the crescendo to the end of the season. The Tigers versus the Bulldogs—the biggest clash ever.
1: I'm, I mean, I'd be surprised if they get forty people to this game. Anyway, if it was
0: nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs>
1: Correct. It would be this. This would be a sellout in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, it would be. Although it depends whether it was Balmain or Wests.
0: Actually, also, it also. It would depend. If it was yeah. Balmain, if it was the Magpies yeah. in nineteen eighty eight, no, no Correct. No, no chance. Not. That's
1: right. So the Tigers are a dollar forty five favorites. The Bulldogs are two dollars seventy five outsiders, and the Bulldogs have seven and a half points start. Gee, I am going to tip your Bulldogs.
0: I am going to tip the Tigers. I think the Tigers will beat them.
1: I don't think the Tigers are the same team without Adam Dewey here.
0: I don't think they are, but I think if I'm Moses and,
1: and, by, and you showed enough for me against Manly, right? I, I thought you were a more enterprising team than the Tigers were.
0: I think this is a 50-50 game. I really do, because I think the Tigers' attack can be quite crap, but the Bulldogs' defence <laughs> won't be challenged that much. But, having said that, the, t- the Bulldogs don't throw anything at the defence at all. And I think the Tigers, it'll be easy for the Tigers to hold them out. Honestly, I don't know who wins this game. I think, honestly, this is probably one game where I'm going to tip the Bulldogs for the first time. I'm, I'm going to
1: tip the Bulldogs? So you've just changed your mind in the last 30 seconds.
0: I think I might, because I think they might win this game. But that's yeah. it. Every other game, God, I wish every tip was as easy as the Bulldogs. It's this is a
1: tough round. Tough round to pick. Does bring us to the end of the regular season as well. It does. Thank God. Which, which this has been a slog.
0: Yeah, well, I this think some of the last slog. two last two rounds, so we're basically like the Penrith and Parramatta of the, or Penrith and Melbourne Storm of podcast podcasting. We're like, man, you know what? Let's just finish this season off and get to the semis. <laughs>
1: Well, and and, and to do this pod, we've had to watch however many games... We've watched every game of... Well, I've watched every game of footy this season.
0: Oh, please.
1: What have you watched? You've watched three games this year. How many games have you watched live this year, in all honesty?
0: I've watched a fair bit. Towards the end of the year, I have to say, I've been watching a lot more on demand because...
1: (laughs) Towards the end of the year, I want to go back and listen to the raw uncut of of Round 2 podcast.
0: Hey... Which team plays for South? Is it the... um, Is it the Hares? The South Sydney Hares? (laughs) The the Mandy Magpies? I think it's been such an uneven season. A lot of the games have been quite...
1: This happens... You know, why are we surprised every year? You, You get these teams that come out of the blocks... Origin happens, the whole comp gets upended for six weeks, and then some teams react well to Origin, others don't, and then the league gets tighter towards the end of the comp. It happens every year exactly the same. The, the issue is Origin.
0: I think Melbourne is still going to make the grand final because I think they've gone off the boil a little bit because they've won just about every game, and I think mentally that's a very difficult thing to maintain.
1: I think the Panthers are going to be pretty motivated
0: but there are patterns that have been that have like you say have emerged over the last few weeks where the storm haven't looked as dominant whether that's because they just turn up and beat everybody penrith have been a little bit rusty parramatta all of a sudden seems to have Stepped up. Found a their mojo, yeah. A little bit, right? So...
1: As as has the Knights, right? They're an attacking dynamo now, the oh, Knights.
0: The, the Knights are fantastic. The Seagulls are... When they're on, they've got ball playing and skill everywhere. Yeah. I'm going to put the Knights Titans on to go to sleep. You know what? That pretty much knocked me out on Thursday night. What a boring game. Yeah, um, So, yeah, mate. So, semis might be interesting. A lot more interesting than I probably thought, you know, 10 weeks ago. Well, when
1: we're doing this pod next week... We're gonna be down to the last nine games of the season, I think. Nine or ten games of yeah. the
0: season. Yeah, probably should we do end of year?
1: We'll we'll work it out. We'll let you know. I oh, probably not next week. We've got a full round next week to do. Yep. Um and we've already been going two and a half hours. So
0: <laughs> yep. gotta... I've quickly <laughs> gotta run outside for two minutes, do some exercise and run back inside before curfew.
1: Gee, <laughs> thank you once again for joining us this week.
0: I'll be um I'll send you photos of my newly tamed seagull. Sitting on its perch outside.
1: Yeah, eating the bulldog. All I right, eat the bulldog. All right. See, you. we'll see you see next it. week. See you later.